11 o'clock comics episode 116 <laughs> <laughs> David what are you inferring? Yeah, you're lying to me. You're lying right to my skin. You're lying, you're, you're lying to my ears because you know. You know I'm going to be all over this. If it wasn't for Neil Adams and Batman, we probably wouldn't buy comic books today. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think that's pushing it. All, but yeah. We right. wouldn't buy the comic books the way that they look today. How about that? We wouldn't have seen Dark right. Knight. That's true. Right, so that's a plus. And we wouldn't have denizens living within the planet in the hollow earth. <laughs> old old Nazi war machines in there. That's what it is. <laughs> These guys were everywhere. They were. Well, My did, favorite quotes. Didn't you ever, did you ever read the Alan Moore, Tom Strong story where he goes to the hole in the uh, oh, yeah. Antarctic and finds all the Nazi war machines? That's a great oh, story. Oh, confession time. I've never read any Tom Strong. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, I love that. I love the way he's like, oh, oh that hurts me. No, I haven't read Astro City, so I'm not, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, heard. you know what? You yeah, don't, I haven't read lots of great stuff. That's true. Oh, you're the encyclopedia of good comics. Yeah, David, David yeah, you're, you would, you're in for some fun stuff with Tom Strong. It's some mild Chris Strauss, come on. And your, your, your little ballpark would plump up at the Art Adams, Johnny Future <laughs> stories. It would. Oh, yeah. oh <laughs> my God. Hey, everybody, look at this. It's 11 o'clock comics, and I am Vince B. That was I just got all excited thinking about terrific tales, and, uh, and yeah. I'm Christopher Neesman. Oh, you're right. I'm David Price. Yes, you are. Yeah, yeah, and fresh from the ATL, I'm Sir Lucius Leftfoot. <laughs> you're a big boy. No, you're not. You are. That is big boy, right? It is. Very good, Vince. Yeah, see, I knew that. You. I'm welling up with pride right now. <laughs> no, I do. I, I do like the outcast. I like the outcast. Wreck yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah, that's Love right. It. No, you're not, big boy. Lucius, I don't know the specifics. <laughs> you're not. You're left foot. No, you are Jason Wood. We're all here again. Even, even though it's not technically comic book wednesday we'll have to make do because because uh, of the the fourth of july thingamajig comics are shipping on thursday this week july everybody it was quite hot. explosive yeah hot i went right. to detroit and it was awesome oh, went to yeah, rock you, city you cardinals jersey and get eggs thrown at you no i tell you what that was the most awesome thing i i went with uh, uh marta and i went to detroit we um uh her her family lives in South Bend, which from Chicago is about halfway, and so we just decided for a day to go to Detroit and go to a baseball game, spend the night there, and then come back, and uh, me being the, the big sports jerk that I am, I wore a uh, 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 a throwback Bob Gibson, who was a pitcher for the Cardinals, I, I wore a throwback Bob Gibson Cardinals jersey to this Detroit Tigers-Seattle Mariners game, and I probably had... 
five or six people come up to me at the ballpark and um, not not give me crap, tell me how cool the jersey was, and then tell me stories about you know how they had uh, been there for the World Series in 1968, and that's whenever the Tigers played the the Cardinals. And I tell you, the fans in Detroit were awesome, and that ballpark. If you are ever in Detroit, and if you are at all any sort of a baseball fan, go to Comerica Park. It is an absolute gem of a ballpark. I was so impressed. So wow, you sound like you had a good time. We had a great time, and I love going to different ballparks, and and Marta does as well. We've I think we've been to eight different ballparks now, and uh, and Comerica stacks up with with the best of them. It was an absolute gem of a ballpark. Wow. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Were you there on a Saturday night? Yeah, it was uh, Saturday the third. So there was a big uh, fireworks display there in the park after the game that uh, that we got to, to hang around and watch as well. So um, yeah, downtown Detroit is um, um, pretty cool. I, I, we we really had a nice time. I think uh, Detroit, you know, gets gets kind of a bad rap, um, but you know, no. that, that, yeah, <laughs> the, the the downtown area that we were in was very nice. Um, wow. I was now, was this uh, was this free home day at the ballpark? Were you going to do a, a nearby home? <laughs> no, but but we did we did see some um, free office space um, sign, like free. <laughs> I bet you did. Take, take this building uh, is basically what the the signs were. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, I was a little surprised. Detroit was quite a bit smaller. Than I envisioned it to be, uh, and then uh, we went to Windsor. It was the very first time I've ever been in Canada. So whenever we whenever we rolled into Detroit, we we stowed our stuff at the hotel, and then went across uh, the the river there, the Detroit River, whatever it is, to uh, to Canada. Um, um, getting through customs was a pain in the ass. They uh, um, singled us out and and searched through our car and so the Canadians, search? Were, the Canadians uh, there at the, the border patrol kind of assholes. I'll have to admit. Oh, but once, come we, but, but once we got in, no, they were they were kind of fucking assholes. Um, but then when we got into Windsor, um, went to uh, a bar and 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 had some uh, um, some sweet potato fry poutine. And it was very oh, good. Poutine. More with poutine. the poutine. Tom Fowler's thought uh, you were just perked up. Yep. And, uh, and it was, so Windsor, uh, once we got into Windsor, was very nice and, and walked, uh, walked the river and, and it was, it was pretty cool. And then headed back to What the hell Detroit. is this? The Chris Neesman show? Jesus. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, just, you know, throwing, throwing out thank yous to our, our, our Detroit folks. Like, I'm uh, still uh, stuck Mr. in Cowher, Detroit Rock Mr. City. Mar- the what? Detroit I'm Rock still City? stuck in Detroit Rock City. Yeah. Going through my head now. That's right. It's a classic. Anybody who doesn't like it can piss off. There you go. Every time you mention Kiss, you always have the detractors come out from the woodwork. Hey, suck. F you. Kiss rocks. This episode of The Adventures of Chris Neesman and Company has been brought to you by who? DCB Service. That's right. Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. What do they do? I'll tell you, I got my box today. I know you guys like the comic book experience, the the LCS camaraderie and stuff, but there's nothing. A lot of people do. There's there's nothing better than getting a month load of comic books, boom, right on your doorstep in one shot. Whole month, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's like monthly, dude. I love it. It'll be hard. I'd be going nuts. Do you ever um, uh, read uh, Agent Cooper's diary from Twin Peaks? There's a part in there where Agent Cooper voluntarily held his urine for, I think it was like two weeks, 
and and when he finally did go he said it was euphoric that's the release you get when you get that big old box of dcbs comics boom right on your doorstep because they'll deliver to to you at the frequency you uh determined you can get discounts crazy ass discounts of up to 75% off selected items. It ranges 35, 40. Marvel and DC Image and Dark Horse around 40, 45% off. That's nuts. Nuts, I tell you. And uh, like I said, packs great and securely in a big old honking box. You open it up, you can see birds flying and bells ringing and people crying. It's awesome. DCBService.com. <laughs> Actually, I, I started, uh, I placed my first order in, was it December? December, and uh -huh. I'm actually getting something from my very That's first right. order. I re yeah, I saw the it's, list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's coming this week. Yay! What's that? I, finally, I, the Planetary Absolute Volume oh, One. Oh, it's nice. coming this week. Nice. I, yeah, yeah. It's, been on order. it's on the list. It's on the list. Nice. I hope Cameron doesn't mind that I equated DCBS with Agent Cooper urinating. But hey, that's just how my mind works. Oh. And and you know whenever I did place that order and I got I ordered both the uh, planetary absolutes I was able to use my eleven o'clock code. Ah, very good. Ah, because yeah, as Chris is inferring, whatever the word is, if you're a first time DCBS Segway. customer, Segway. Segway. slip and slide. You can enter EOC eight into their little slot. It's a pretty slot, and if you do, you get an extra. You're right. You get an extra eight percent off your initial order. So say you're getting forty, forty-two percent off. You can literally get fifty percent off your books if you order Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, or Image. That's nuts. It's it's insane. Only at DCBService.com. Check them out. All right. Drink roll call. Nice. Um, Jason, why don't Ooh. you lead us off? Mixing it up. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm drinking some scissor. It's what? <laughs> some scissor. <laughs> doing the lean, people. I'm lost. Scissor? Scissor. Come on. Scissor? What's scissor? I... He talked about it's it. It's an East Coast thing, isn't it? No. <laughs> No, I don't know what no, he's talking Twitter about reference. either. You gotta follow Jason on All Twitter. All right, so man. so I do, but I don't pay attention. A few years ago, the first overall draft pick was a guy named Jamarcus Russell. Uh, he's big time bust. Raiders. He was drafted by the Raiders. The Raiders cut him this off season. Oh and, uh, yeah. He was arrested uh, last week uh, for, as the um, folk in the uh, white man mainstream media said, he was arrested for having possession of codeine syrup. And it cracks me up because all week they're like, what was he doing with codeine syrup? What an odd thing to have. And uh, for those that uh, are at all familiar with the, the, uh, the down south hip-hop culture, they'll know that uh, the perp or the lean or the syrup, as in syrup, uh, is a very commonly abused uh, mixed drink. Basically, it involves um, uh, you take codeine syrup and you um, you basically uh, you mix it with... Um, some kind of uh, carbonated beverage of your choice, and uh, usually a Jolly Rancher of some kind of flavor, and it's usually purple because that's what the codeine syrup is, and uh, and they sip on it and they get drunk or high, whatever you want to say, and uh, it's called scissorp. So he was caught with that, and people were shocked, like, "Wow, strange! He must uh, be having a codeine syrup. It's so strange." But no, it's actually very common. And uh, so in honor of him, I'm having some uh, apple Jolly Rancher scissorp. I snuck into the kids' uh, cabinet and I got codeine. I made up some scissorp. You made Chris laugh. I don't actually have scissor for those That's, listening. I actually am drinking in honor. I had a bunch of different uh, beers for uh, the 4th of July, and I'm drinking a few of those. Right now I'm drinking a Sing Tao, which I've talked about on the show before. It's a beer from China. It's like the Budweiser of China, basically. Oh, and, uh, I'm so glad. So glad yeah. you're not drinking scissor. Well, no, yeah, we, I, I had friends that would uh, – um, 
uh, Chug Nyquil, which is that's about basically what it's about doing. the same thing. Yeah, 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 pretty much. I eat vapor rub. Does that count? Mm. No, sorry. No, no. <laughs> All right, um, uh, Vince. How about you? I am drinking Propel Vitamin Enhanced. Oh, shut up. Vitamin and <laughs> Vitamin Enhanced Water Beverage. It's a berry flavored water with antioxidants. It's pretty good. And it's sweating. It's so hot here in Pennsylvania. My it's bottle is next to you. My bottle's sweating. It's awesome. It's really tasty stuff too. All right, David. I, I have a clue as to what you're drinking. Yeah, you were half right when you were talking to uh, mm-hmm. Mahmoud. Uh, it is from Millbrook, New York, and it is uh, Hunt Country Red <laughs> Table Wine. Red Table Wine from uh, the Hudson Valley. Nice. All right, so what's the name of that again? Huh? What was the name of that again? Hunt Country Red. <laughs> Just for you, babe. <laughs> nice. I would drink that. Oh goodness! All right, so you got the New York table wine. All right, um, for I, I am I'm addicted to this brewery. Uh, oh, I, I, oh, I I look for, I look for their stuff. Now I'm trying to drink the entire product line. It is uh, of course Dogfish Head, which I think what the last two three weeks I've been I've been mm-hmm. drinking Dogfish Head beers. They, uh, uh, I don't know if I if I've mentioned before, they are from Milton, Delaware. So proving that at least oh, one good thing blue, can come from the East Coast. Blue uh, hands represent. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is their Midas Touch, which is a very interesting uh, brew. It is, uh, and I'm reading from their website right now. Uh, this recipe is the actual oldest known fermented beverage in the world. It is an ancient Turkish recipe using the original ingredients from the 2,700-year-old drinking vessels discovered in the tomb of King Midas. Somewhere between wine and mead, this smooth, sweet, yet dry ale will please the Chardonnay or beer drinker alike. And uh, it... um, uh, like it's uh, like it said, it's in between kind of a wine and a mead. So it is, it's an ancient ale. Uh, it has a lot of honey notes to it, some saffron, uh, di- different uh, you know melon and, and and fruit flavor. So it's kind of if you're a wine drinker that maybe doesn't like beer that much, this might be uh, a, a beer for you. Uh, it definitely has a nice uh, golden um, white amber uh, appearance to it. And it is, uh, um, it's um, kind of a little bit, uh, uh, a, kind of a thick um, ale. Um, it's not, it's not syrupy at all. Uh, uh-huh. It's definitely, it's definitely an ale, uh, but it's, it's a little bit, um, uh, a little bit sweeter and, and a little bit um, thicker than, uh, than your average ale. And it's, it's absolutely, absolutely delicious. Huh. Cool. Yes, it is very yummy. So that is the Midas Touch from uh, Dogfish Head. Oh, and uh, pretty much everything I've had from them has been outstanding. Yeah, you are definitely their spokesman. We need Vince, you need to get on the line with them and see about them well, becoming yeah. a uh, sponsor. Yeah. You know, uh, He's already be, uh, getting a kickback. There's a, there's a <laughs> new uh, reality, not reality, uh, it's on Discovery Channel. It's, um, there's going to be a show about, about beer. Like beer in America and the history of beer and uh, and the the guy that uh, that owns and runs uh, Dogfish Head I think is going to be a regular contributor to that so I'll throw yeah. that in the show notes or something I'll, I'll yeah. throw it to you yeah but good stuff for for the beer the the the, the beer lovers out there because I know there's a, a few of them that listen to the show that uh, um, we chit chat about beer a little bit 
Sweet. Mm. I got to thank you before we get into things. Mm. Okay. As I said, I got my EP, my DCBS box today, but I also got a box from Amazon. A little tiny box, not tiny, oh, but a, a small size ah. box. And uh, I was thinking, gee, I don't remember ordering anything from Amazon. Maybe something on my the that uh, waiting list or whatever kicked in, and I and I got it. And then I can try to remember. The only thing on my waiting list is Gary Panner. So I was like, whoa! I, I tore the box, <laughs> tore the box open, but it was not Gary Panner. It uh, the Doll Tokyo book has been delayed forever. But uh, it, it's Freak Angels Volume One mm-hmm. by by mm-hmm. Warren Ellis and Paul Duffield, and it was sent yes, to sir. me. It was sent to me by John Wimmer. Oh, Jay, Jay, Jay Wimmer on the forums, and he, mm-hmm. he said, I heard on episode 114 that you had not even read a panel of Freak Angels, so I wanted help to help remedy that. I wanted to give uh, back to uh, give a little back to one of the guys who entertains me every week. Boom. Oh, that's sweet. So thank you, thank you, John Wimmer. I'm, I plan on reading this for next week. There it looks, yeah. it looks pretty do, cool. I would love to talk Freak Angels with you. I love that book. Oh, well. I have I'll, a confession I'll, to make. Since we're doing yeah. confessions, I have myself never read a panel of Freak Angels. <laughs> I well, am you know, I'm a few weeks behind, but I uh, when it first started, I, I'd let a few weeks pack uh, stack up, and then I'd go back and and read them all in one sitting. But I've it looks great. It's it's pretty cool. I just I need to get caught up. Is somebody a little lubricated early on in the episode, David? No, somebody was uh, the my room's a little busy with the high traffic yeah. area between the <laughs> and, and the nook and everybody else so i'm getting a little thrown off because of what she's not wearing anyway you're just oh you i, I hey, think i would get distracted hey, hi, too how you doing yep that's that's mm. all right <laughs> chris why don't you open the rails episode already i love it i know hey guys what's up Terry, passenger 6x3 on the uh, Twitter followers, and uh, had a good free comic day this weekend. I picked up some cool stuff, and uh, based on what Chris is always talking about, I picked up Volume 1, the definitive edition of Queen of Country, and I'm very excited to read it. Uh, Read on, dudes, and uh, whatnot. I'm an idiot. Why don't you uh, open the door for us? Leave uh, us in. You want me to talk about what I had posted about on the forum today? You can just do it. You're the boss. All right. Um, I have. Uh, uh, we, we've talked about uh, Walking Dead on the show before. Uh, don't turn your iPods off. We're not talking about <laughs> Walking Dead. Uh, we talked about I, I pretty much everyone on, on the show um, uh, either loves or likes Walking Dead. Um, Not David, but that's okay. Yeah, but he's weird. Yeah, he is. Uh, I've talked about um, Twenty Eight Days Later and, and how much I'm really, really enjoying that. Uh, I think I'd mentioned a BBC show called Survivors. Nice. Uh, yes. A long time ago, both the old, old like seventies one and then the the, the revamp of it. Mm-hmm. I've decided that I have a uh, a fixation on survival fiction. And that's you know all of that. I got a book for you, Chris. Then like a Which, novel, the passage. Really? Oh, I thought, you, I thought you were going to say the road. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's you know the road is one of my favorite books of all time. But I, yeah, I'm something more recent. Um, the, the passage. But, yeah, it, it's just recently out in hardcover. It's a post-apocalyptic, a post-apocalyptic world where um, uh, some of the survivors are vampire-esque. They're not vampires, but they're you know vampire-like. Thank, thank the things. gods that they're not. 
Yeah. But uh, no, it's uh, it's it's really cool. really good. I, if it's on Kindle, I will download it to my iPad. Yeah, I, um, I, um, um, I found a, a, another series um, by Garth Ennis and Jason Burroughs that um, you guys have probably heard of, a lot of our listeners have probably heard of and or read. It's called Crossed, and it is it is also uh, survival fiction. Um, it, I think got mis uh, miscasted or mis misunderstood as being uh, in in the zombie genre. It is not a zombie book. It shares a lot of similarities uh, with um, you know Walking Dead and, and and other zombie stuff, but it's it is significantly different than that. the uh, The setup and premise is just like a zombie outbreak. There is a a, a virus that is passed by um, um, bodily fluids, whether that is bites or or um, uh, saliva, spit. I mean, piss, shit, and and that stuff happens in this. Um, w- these bodily fluids get passed, and whenever you are infected, you become one of the crossed. And um, basically, the crossed become, for lack of a, a better description, it evil incarnate. They they lose all of their humanity and become absolute primal evil beings. And they will um, basically rape, torture, and kill anything they can. Um, not not always other crossed, but sometimes. Um, they are absolutely insane and absolutely evil. And um, this... This book was, it was gripping, it was intense, it was irreverent and wrong in so many ways. I mean, you know, pun or no pun intended, I mean, crossed, crossed so many lines of, of decency and morality. I mean, it, it is a, um, it's a really hard book to read, but then again, it was impossible to put down. See, I was so glad that you were talking about this. Because transgressive art, that's my thing. Mm-hmm. I love transgressive art. And from what I've seen of Crossed, it's been taunting me for since it came out. I want to read it, but I just never got around to it. Mm-hmm. The, the subject matter and the fact that Ennis go, looks at that line that not many uh, creators would cross, and he leaps over it and just keeps oh. going. That, yeah. That's what I like about it. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to... In my art, I don't want to see Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. I, I want to see, you know, like Salvador Dali. Have you ever seen uh, Unchain Andalou? Louis, Louis Buñuel and no, Salvador Dali's no. movie where they slice the eyeball? Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. That's yeah. my kind of art. I love art that kicks you in the balls and makes you see something that you've never seen before. That's what Cross looks like to me. It looks like to, you know, put it in... in, in uh, uh, it. It goes yep. there. I like it, when when, yeah. when it goes there, and then it just keeps running. Just keep going. That's my kind of art. And you can't and you can't look away. It, it's it's right. Um, um, okay, but and I've been I've been thinking about this book ever since ever since I was I read it on the train to, to South Bend, and I've been thinking about it ever since I, I finished. And that's I think the sign of something that that grips you like that. That that's a very good sign is that you can't get it out of your head, mm-hmm. and. What Ennis does and and does so well is if if you if you took out the the humanity in this book if, if the characters were just two dimensional cardboard cutouts and this was just a big graphic violence and and irreverent masturbation scene 
um, then it nope. it doesn't it doesn't hold that that same um, that same power over you. But the characters in here you care about, and you're 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 vested with them through this entire ten issue um, epic that they go Ooh, through. Ten issues, really. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think it was in ten parts. One of them was like a zero issue, which was oh. um, kind of a, a a quick introduction. Um, it's a pretty it's a pretty meaty uh, trade. Uh, there's a lot of story to it. It's twenty four ninety nine. This is by Avatar uh, Avatar Press, by the way, and it's in ten parts. Um, I, I saw some of the alternate covers are really. Graphic. They're brutal. Yeah, they're they're, brutal. the one looked like there was a pregnant woman with her belly all splayed open, and one of the cross was like eating the fetus, and and it was still connected by the umbilical cord. That's awesome. No, that no, is no, cool. I have. I want to get back to that then when when Chris is done. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that was discussed on the forum a little bit today is that there are people that um, if there's you know violence uh, involving children. That they will immediately close the book, and that's just that's just right. kind of a, a I, don't I get go that. there. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I can totally understand that. And this, it, it it doesn't it doesn't glorify that. It doesn't. I mean, there are a couple scenes where yeah, children are involved in some pretty horrific, violent moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it it sounds so bizarre for me to even say it serves the story but i mean this is this is a, a march through these the, these survivors lives as they kind of discover how far you can go as a human and endure before you lose your your humanity and they have to do things and see things um, and and sometimes run away from things that really makes them question their own humanity it's a powerful powerful Sounds- book Sounds a lot like Walking Dead. Um, it's Walking Dead with X-rated graphic violence. <laughs> well, yeah. And, you know, speaking uh, before David gets in on the children uh, mm-hmm. angle, this weekend, uh, again, with the transgressive art, I saw Lars von Trier's Antichrist. Have you mm-hmm. ever seen that movie? No. No. What a fantastic movie. But it's it's not an easy viewing experience by any means i mean the first couple the first scene uh willem dafoe and uh charlotte uh, gainsbourg they're 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 making love it's a it's a cold stormy wintry night the the snow's all over the place they're in the bathroom making love and their child maybe about a year old is in is in the crib and un he unhooks the latch on the safety gate and crawls up and falls out the window as they're making love, and and you you see the child fall out the window, and but the the the, the mother has such crushing guilt because her child died at the exact instant when she was receiving uh, sexual pleasure that she just begins this long downward spiral of. Uh, emotional torment and that's the entire movie but there's one scene i won't go into it i don't want to ruin it for anybody that's i mean the whole film is transgressive but when you see this scene you will never ever forget it that's what i love about this type of art where the creator just 
it, it's almost like Clockwork Orange. They peel your eye, your eyelids back. They force you to watch this, and 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 you're changed forever. There's no way around it. You can you 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 experience this, and you are not the same person you were before. You saw it, and that goes ties into what David is going to talk about about the children. I, I'm a parent, you know. I have nightmares of my kids coming to harm, but if that's the thing you need to embrace, if that scares you the most, wrap your arms around it, embrace it, because and experience it, and maybe it won't scare you anymore. You know, I mean, it's not easy, right? Well, the thing about that, though, is there's a difference for me between something that's scary versus disgusting. You yeah. know, like we we talked a long time ago gleefully about triple X zombies, and there's a mm-hmm. scene in there involving babies, and it's very graphic. And you know, for some reason, that didn't bother me. And I guess because it was so that book was just so over the top and so campy, and it was you know, it just it was just, it was, it, was, it wasn't meant to scare. I mean, it was. Yeah, yeah. You were kind of in on the joke, as sick as it was, you knew it was still a joke. It was played for camp value, too. Right, but as you know, there was a a scene in a certain, well, uh, very uh, popular issue of Walking Dead that almost drove me to stop reading the series, and I I got past it. I mean, I I, I did continue to read the series, but... but, um, So it's it's a mixed bag for me. I mean, I I, I definitely can be bothered by... I always joke with my wife. It seems like when we watch TV, every it seems like it's become a Hollywood writer's trope: put a child in danger or kill a child. It's like yeah. it's any easy. any procedural or medical thing. It's like oh, sick kids, die, dying kids, sick kid. And it's like yeah. really. I mean, it, like it, it. You know, every now and then, sure, because if you're if it's supposed to simulate real life, I get that. But I really don't enjoy watching a show where every yeah. week or every other week, like the p- premise is around a kid dying or in danger or kidnapped it just doesn't do it for me you know i don't know but, the, but i mean but I, the walking dead thing you'll never yeah. forget that panel uh, he got to you uh, he yeah, got to yeah. you. But, you, but, you but but there's all but there's also the point i mean we look at this for for art value but you know what at the end of the day we read these for entertainment and i had to catch i had to ask myself i'm i'm halfway through this book and i'm like right am i enjoying this am i being entertained exactly or, exactly or Am I being am I being shocked into submission? And and I I I, I finally as kind of weird as as it sounded to me at the time, and maybe even disturbed me a little bit. I was being entertained. I was, uh, but but not not by the not by the what horrendous graphic violence. But I, I really was. Um, wanting to know what happened to these characters and I, I actually had to set this book down and be like okay should I be reading this is this, is this you know is this good for my for my mind to be you know to be reading this am I am I entertained by this and, and if I am then why and you know I finally decided that I was being entertained by it for the right reasons and not because of, of some sick twisted need to see you know people dismembered and and you know it's it, we, we joke we, the line get in where you fit in uh, oh, yeah. Boy, that gets used in this book. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. But Several see, uh, again, Ears, uh, just you know. just like it, it's 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 the same um, aspect of art doesn't need to be beautiful. I don't think art needs to entertain either. 
Yeah. Now, yeah, if, no, it, it if it do, if it does entertain, then uh, then you know, great for you. But well, right, you're not wrong with that. I mean, and and, and obviously, anything like this, both the, in terms of what you deem it to be and what you what you take it in for, is subjective. But I think to Chris's point is, many people consume comics or watch TV or movies to be entertained. See, I like. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the word art, Vince, because like. Um, you know something like a piss Christ, right? You know, like the art exhibit, you know, or mm-hmm. something like that. Or, or uh, I, I, to me, were I, you were you entertained I, whenever you saw Schindler's List? Was that yes. entertaining to you? Yeah, it was. That was because it was a well-made movie. It was in that case, it, it made me, it, it it evoked an emotional reaction. Um, yeah. So was it was it more you know? But that that's that that's that really weird line. Is it thought provoking and art, or is it entertaining? I, I don't know if I was entertained by Schindler's List or by Alison Bechdel's Fun Home. Those, right, I, right. I, I, I wasn't. Well, it wasn't. It was no hot tub time machine. I'll give you that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, exactly. but no. I, but I do think it's purely a personal choice because I mean I, I'm I'm for, you know I, I feel. One of the nice things about being in the New York area, there you know, there's amazing, amazing museums all around my office in New York, and we've gone to you know we go to them quite often, and um, you know the, there there is art that that for each person, just like whatever whether it be a, a commercial piece of art like a comic or a TV show or a music piece of music or something that's fine art, you know, every person's going to react to it differently. I mean, I know I've brought friends to MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art, and they've been like totally oblivious to it I, I, they just don't get it it doesn't resonate with them at all and I, I they're not wrong for that right it doesn't hit yeah. them uh, my the chairman of my firm is a collection collects russian avant-garde art um and i'm not talking you know posters from art.com i'm talking very high-end original pieces yeah. and and for him it's the pinnacle and this is a learned man in his 80s that you know really could buy any art he wanted and this is what does it for him he's spent a, a lifetime collecting this and this is his thing he knows all about it and it's just to him there's nothing better to me I, I appreciate it for what it is because of the passion he has for it but it's not something i'd even be too inclined to have a print of in my home you know what i mean so it's like yeah i, I think to each to each his own like vince clearly as we know vince vince clearly gets off on stuff like this i mean it goes into the vein of the you know like the, the pim and Francie fits into this or it's, that it's uh, all about purity of yeah, expression or, Right, or the it, manga it, it, that was that manga that you with the with the shark creatures or whatever it was, you know that uh, the fish, the crazy, yeah, 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 yeah. That that stuff you get off on, you know. I mean, and, I and you're it. not wrong for that, and, and we're not wrong for necessarily not resonating with that as much. Right. You know, it's just oh, and I, I, I think Vince I, would, would love this. I mean, it gets into you know questions about you know existence of God and and it's I mean it gets into some some pretty you know irreverent area as well. I mean, it's yeah, it's it, it just raises the question: Should artistic expression be shackled by morality and good taste no if, if no one gets hurt I, I mean i'm not talking about ch- child porn or abuse or any anything involving significant and lasting impact to real flesh and blood people but if if uh, like uh german filmmaker jorg uh, butgerit yeah have you ever seen necromantic there's a scene in ne- necromantic where a woman has sex with a dude and beheads him while she's having sex with it nice. with him and yeah. it's it's, like it's, a, it's uh, obviously it's done for shock value obviously yeah. it it was done to repulse and and outrage and it got the desired effect but 
he said what he wanted to say. He made that artistic statement, whether you think it's crap or just, you know, or, or brilliant filmmaking. He, he was allowed, afforded the opportunity to, to film that exactly the way he wanted to. Now, what mm. if he worked within the, cons the constraints of the, the MPAA? That scene would never have been allowed to, to, to be filmed. Not, well, filmed. It would never have been allowed to be included in the movie. And that's wrong. I mean, why should you limit expression based on a bunch of fat cats on an advisory board saying that's obscene? It's not obscene. It's it's an artistic statement. Take it as you will. Yeah, well, that we agree with a hundred percent. That's why I mentioned the piss Christ. For those that don't remember, it was a uh, it was got a lot of pushback and created really furor for whether or not yeah. uh, art should be funded by government agencies and all that sort of thing. And and I I'm with you, Vince. I mean, I, to me, again, as long as it doesn't create any known and quantifiable harm to another human being right. people should have the right to create any kind of art they want now that's not to say people have a right to funding you know or to display it wherever they want you know that's up for if it's you know if it's if it's a, if it's a museum that you know has the right to choose what's displayed and they don't want to display something that's on them if it's a right. if it's a patron or a government agency that wants to decide what they can fund that's on them you know but 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 you have should have the right to create and display on your own personal property whatever you want if you deem it art. Yeah. I mean, it's up to and other we're, people. We're talking stuff. comics. Pretty much yeah. grab a piece of paper and a pencil and you can make comics. It doesn't it's rely on, on funding. Yeah. Right. It doesn't rely on funding or uh, patronage. Well, it does if you want to get it printed, but at its, at its purest essence, anyone can make a comic right now. You can sit down and do it. And as we're speaking, and you know, there are some people that will see it as obscene or profane, and others that think it's great. But at least you got, you had the opportunity to make the expression, <laughs> the, the statement. Some, some, some people that, that think it, it, it's great, and it kind of freaked me out a little bit today. This is this was weird. I I tweeted that I had read Crossed, and and it put me in a weird state of mind and had me a little freaked out. Um, like almost immediately. Um, there is there's a Twitter account out there the at at the crossed and um, or I think it's at crossed and I get get a you know a tweet response from from this person who has assumed this identity on Twitter and like in character and it gave me the fucking willies nice <laughs> you mean as a character from the book it's yeah it's it's, it's ooh it's that would be creepy. It is. It is really, and you would have to read Cross to to kind of pick up on the personality of what the Crossed are are like, and uh, just think, just evil. And someone on Twitter has has adopted that, you know, that that you know pseudo personality, and uh, and yeah, whenever I mentioned it, they they replied and you know basically said that they would you know fuck my mother and and then you know. The <laughs> Not, hey, I'm going to send one then. Maybe I can get lucky here. Oh, yeah. uh, no, but yeah. uh, all right. You here's here's her. a here's a question. <laughs> now, from what I'm getting from Not Crossed your mom, is, about my mom, Chris. I don't know. <laughs> your mom's awesome. The, in the world of Crossed, it's a, it's a lawless world, right? It's just primal, basic savage yeah. human instinct now say we lived in that crossed world and you know your boss under normal circumstances your boss comes in comes at you berates you for what he has decided is a bad job uh makes you feel like shit and you don't think you deserved it in the real world you pretty much have to take that but in your, if you're in the cross world knowing that there will be no ramifications to your actions wouldn't you rip his throat out 
Yeah, you know, but it, it, it's not really like that in Crossed. I mean, it's it's more um, it's more much more apocalyptic than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's when you're infected, you basically will, like I said, rape, torture, or kill anything that is not crossed near you. I mean, it is it Maybe shit it, is what, shit is blowed up. Well, wouldn't, wouldn't that be cool if the um, the wall that stops us from doing that is the aberration and whatever caused this whole cross thing just made us what we were always intended to be originally? What if stopping at that line is the aberration? Well, what if that's there, wrong? There's, there's, a, there's a theory that gets floated in the book very subtly, very subtly, just in kind of like one page that uh, with some of the survivors, they uh, um, are, are up on a, on a cliff top and, you know, kind of quietly sitting and a, and a pack of wolves um, kind of uh, come up and, and are right near them. And they, they kind of hint at the idea that we have, we have fucked things up so bad that, you know, maybe this is just the planet's way of getting rid of a surface nuisance that wow. is, you know, it's, we kind of have botched things, and 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 maybe this is just a way of 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 taking care of of, of this population that that has mismanaged the earth. And that's that, weird. See synchronicity again. I I saw a movie this weekend that's a lot like what you're talking about. What's that? It, it, it's a it's a Canadian movie called Pontypool. Mm-hmm. It's about this Art Bell type radio personality. Uh, working in in Canada and uh, this town Pontypool, uh, an old woman lost her cat, and the cat's name was Honey. And the whole movie is about language turning into a virus. I've always said language is a virus, not me, but I, I'm just running with what other people say. And the the whole movie is the the, the uh, a word or a phrase will get stuck in these people's heads, and they become like the crossed. They just rip their fellow human beings apart and do and do the most diabolical things. Yeah. And the whole That's point it. of the movie, the whole point of the movie is to unlearn the language. You will survive if words don't make any sense to you, because language has become this pestilence where uh, the simplest phrase, if it's tagged oh, to this, up, Raheem. Oh, of course. keep going, yeah, of course. David. I'll see. No, this was a question directed to you, so I'll have to wait on that. Um, but it does have to do with the feeling, the feelings you get from from looking at art. And uh, while I have no children of my own, uh, well, none that have come forward, they have not. <laughs> there really hasn't. Um, it. I don't. Uh, I don't get as worked up when I see a child in danger or harmed in a movie or in a book than than I do. When it comes to like pets, I mean, there's, I refuse. I'm sure it's a fantastic work of art, but I do not see Beast of Burden added to my library anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm going uh, to read it this week, and I will. I will let you know okay. uh, what I think because you you know you know how I am with with yes. my books. So. And I I still have not read We Three. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, there are things where no mm-hmm. matter how how. Uh, how extreme or, or outlandish it may be, because these things could never actually happen. Uh, that's a, um, I think that's a testament to to Frank Quietly's artwork. Then, if if he's going to be able to get those emotions from me just from from these lines on a paper, then that says a lot about him. But 
it, it uh, I don't need to put myself through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's embrace your fear. It, yeah, no. See, I don't. It, there are plenty of other things out there in the real world. Walk through I the can. fire, David. Walk yeah. through the fire. You, you walk with me. I will. I'll hold your the, hand. The uh, there was um, there, and you sound better now, Vince. There was a uh, relatively. Uh, there's a book that Vince that I'll bring up to Vince every so often. And actually, when we were walking through uh, Sedos, Sedos, uh, Wood was with us, and there's. I did find the the page in particular where this happened, and 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 there's a little story called Body Bags. Mm. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. by the very talented Jason Pearson. And in the I agree. Uh, in in the in the book Father's Day, there's a scene very early on in the book where um, where where Face, if you want to call him in, in quotes, the hero of the story, he uh, he puts his rather large knife in the belly of a woman yeah who is uh a little over eight months oh, that's rough yep um it's disgusting now, scene it it's it it's used to establish the main character um it's not like he just walked into an elevator and there's this woman and he does it, it she was she was snorting cocaine i mean the baby she's smoking she she's he probably did the kid a favor. Exactly, okay. if, if yeah. the kid was still alive. So I mean, you know, it's not like he's—he's he's not just some mass murderer or anything like that. So I mean, it, it, it established him. But anytime I bring up body bags, I—it's not a cold shoulder I get from Vince, but it's basically like, yeah, no, can't, don't, don't want to see it. Don't I, I, and you, and you, but you know what? I remember the scene very vividly. Okay. The only reason why I don't like it, liking all the crap that I like. I mean, I will read. Uh, stuff where people are just splayed open in anatomic deca- detail with all the organs and stuff and all that stuff. That scene to me just said um, he was very kind of opportunistic and just did it. He he would just sit there and think, what could I do to really, yeah. really shock these? I mean, it didn't really have a, there was a million other ways he could have said that the what's his name face is it face yeah was yeah. badass you don't have to go we, you, you know, stabbing you know a kid yeah, but what I, I, what, I, what i was saying about cross is that if the characters hadn't been fully realized and made me care about them if they were two-dimensional and cardboard it that cross would have been an uh, an easy put down and don't go back to it book for me but mm-hmm. it he didn't he didn't go for the the cheap thrill i mean the shock the shock value that happened was there for a reason mm-hmm. and it, it was there for you know multiple reasons and sometimes it was to say you know what no one is safe no one is safe in this or sometimes it was there there are no there are no boundaries and it, it it didn't keep going back to the well each time something really shocking and really really pushing the bounds happened it happened for a reason yeah. you know, I, I like most, no boundaries no boundaries are, are, are is a good thing well, but yeah yeah but 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 you need you whenever you show that there are no boundaries you need to do it for a reason even if that reason is to show that there are no boundaries right of course but getting back to the body bags thing I I, pre- I appreciate the fact that Jason Pearson can do that scene, that he has the ability to just lay it all down on paper. That's cool. I'm not knocking that. Great. If that's mm-hmm. what you want to say, say it. It just dis- it, it resonated the wrong way with me. I just thought it was cheap. 
Okay. And, okay. and, and it, it, maybe because I felt every inch of that blade going in, which is, a, <laughs> I guess it's a testament to the, the creators. There you go. Mm-hmm. It was a successful scene and it worked its magic on me, but not, I don't think in the way that they intended because now whenever I see a Jason Pearson drawing, it could be Deadpool. I think of that damn, I think of that damn knife going in that, that woman's belly. That's powerful stuff. Yeah. I mean, cause this isn't, I mean, it's not like this is a new story anyway. I mean, even if you, if you, uh, read it when it, when it first came out, I mean, we're talking about something that, that's over 10 years old. Yeah. So it's, um, I mean, I, 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 I do get what you're saying. And, and maybe it's because, again, I, I, I don't have children, so it wouldn't feel the same way it would to you or, or, or to Jason. Um, but, but you do have loved ones though. I, I do have loved ones. I wouldn't want to see this happen to anybody. I mean, you know, I, I get, I get chills if, if I think about, you know, I mean, there have been times where if, if, if for whatever reason, like if an image of, of a pregnant woman, you know, getting punched, it's like that, mm-hmm. that, that that's turns my stomach of. a little bit. That's, yeah. that's yeah. just yeah. like not, you know, I don't need to know that somebody would do that. So. Well, to your point, David, I mean, you, cause you mentioned that, you know, you don't have kids of your own. Um, I, I totally know where you're coming from though, because, um, yeah, I've always had pets, and like you, I hate, you know, old yeller, you know, uh-huh. it, I'm one of those people that it hurts me way worse when Will Smith's dog gets killed in, uh, in, yeah, in, and, and legend until that than, point, than like the entire, yeah, exactly, the entire city of New York gets wiped out, doesn't bother me at all, but, but right. seeing his pooch get killed just crushes me. Yep. Um, so that bothers me, and, and I, I don't think I was really moved by, or as touched by, kids or whatever getting hurt or abused or whatever until i had kids and and it does you know not to be corny or cliche but it really does change your perspective i mean i um i always tell my a lot of my we you know we had, we had our our first son a couple years before most of our friends really started getting married and having kids and uh, now most of them have at least one kid if not two and i remember each of them you know being sort of the first to to do it you know a lot of the, my buddies be like well it's you know what's going to be like or i don't know and i'd say you know what i'm honest with you until the day colin was born I wasn't sure I was ready to be a dad. I mean, really, to honest truth, I was like not sure how it was going to be if I was ready. And then, um, and, and then once it happened, that was it was life changing, and it really is. But but until you actually have it happen to yourself, you you can't. It's just words, you know what I mean. And I, I just think that's that that's. So I totally get where you're coming from because I was the same way. So, it's art has power, it really does. Yeah. And uh, watching Antichrist this weekend, I was, and, and I'll be totally honest with you, I was afraid to watch it. Mm-hmm. I, I read the buildup uh, of the movie. I read the reaction to the movie, the walkouts, the the uh, the uh, the boycotts, the the uh, claims that Von Trier is insane and he's crossed the line. I was very, I was scared to watch this thing, but but that's part of the experience that that a a, a man working with moving images can scare me to the point where I, my hand was kind of shaking on the mouse as I was going to press the play button, and it, that's that's potent stuff that's art uh, you're right and, and that's part of the experience for me and i love that 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 trepidation and i love the experience of watching the movie and and the image will never leave my mind i'll tell you what this is what i love about our time together each week <laughs> who would have thought that talking about crossed of all comics would lead to a discussion about the merits of art and subjectivity of it there you go. i you know have you read it jace uh, you know, I have not, and it's not for. I'm intrigued by it. Um, I just didn't. Uh, I, I just seem to ignore Avatar stuff for the most part and, oh, until it okay. sort of gets good word of mouth, you know. And then I, yeah. Um, and I know I have. I've have crossed family values on my two 
you know, to oh. buy the trade list. Yeah. So that you know, wait, which was just just so folks know, that is the follow up to Crossed, and it is not written by Garth Ennis. It is written by David Waffham. Yep. Right. And it um, it really interesting. I read up on this. I'm ta- I'm been. It's it's ridiculous that, that this book has grabbed me and and it scares me a little bit as to why. But I, I was reading up on Wikipedia because I wanted to, I wanted to find out a little bit more about what uh, uh, Family Values was about. And um, the the first cross series was ten issues, um, in, including the or ten parts with the zero issue. And uh, Garth Ennis. Um, I guess was approached by by Avatar or whoever that uh, I, I guess David Waffham wanted to um, do a do another story and and basically it was on the uh, the grounds that uh, none of the characters that are used in the the first series can be used. Um, basically, you can write a story in the crossed universe in the world but it's not a prequel. It's not a sequel, uh, and none of the characters that 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 Ennis used in in the first series can be used. So this is, if you can imagine, in Walking Dead, if uh, if there was a story that takes place like out in Utah, um, that's what that's what this would be. So Family Values, uh, I, I think, actually does take place out in Utah. It's a a Mormon family, and um, it's 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 messed up. Uh, so <laughs> you can go read up on it. I so, must get it. I I don't. Uh, let me put it this way. I don't know who the bigger villains are. The uh, the crossed or the Mormon father. Ah, very nice. Very very nice. Mm. And you know, I've always been meaning to bring up this book because there there is that's, a, not, that's nothing to say against Mormons, by the way. So right. any Mormon listeners, but that's the, just, that's the story basis. There there are comic book links in this book, but uh, regarding the subject matter, I didn't think it was a wise idea, and it didn't really fit in with any conversation we had. But now it does. It's a book mm-hmm. called Art That Kills by George mm-hmm. Petros. If you are interested in transgressive art and art that is uh, solely intended to shock and disturb and make you think in ways you don't normally do, this is a pretty good primer. Um, uh, Genesis P. Orridge is in it, Robert Williams, Joe Coleman, there's a comic book link, Mike Diana's in here, Richard Kern, Gigi Allen and the Murder Junkies, Nick Zed, uh, Anton Zandor LeVay's in here. There's a lot. Wow. It's But brace yourself. It's very disturbing there are a lot of shocking images in here but like i said you got to walk through the fire burn that layer off you'll feel and this book will push you it's it's there's a it's shocking there's a lot of nasty stuff in here but check it out art that kills by george petros it's great but if you get caught with it i didn't recommend it i have no (laughs) recollection of ever ever recommending this book it's great there you go (laughs) body bags <laughs> I'm serious. No, I do. I mean, if you can find it, super. It's like I said. It's it's not a new. I the art is great, and I think it's panda's hot. Panda is oh hot. It, it's it's just. Hot. I mean, you know, it, as as hot as lines on paper can be. It's it's uh, it's a funky story. It's it's yeah. It's it's not all lollipops and rainbows, but it's I I, I do dig it. I, I it's not and actually and you know Ryan Stegman loves it so. You can't go wrong. There you go. Yeah. If you don't listen to me. Okay, so I have a new theory. Um, all these, um, in, in his drug-free basing mind, all of these Prometheus as his eye are, um, are attacking him, and he's fending them off, and, and he's stabbing them, and 
and he thinks that in his brain he's um he has killed the the gang of the Prometheus. That would be funny, wouldn't it? You know, if um, the, the the group of Prometheus it suddenly became West Side Story. You know, all started clicking their fingers and doing a dance routine, and then switchblades. Um, but he think yeah he thinks he's killed the Prometheus, and then turn the page, double page splash. Everybody knows about it. Double page press. Everyone knows <clears throat> he's holding this cat. Now, um, lots of ideas have been pitched around. Uh, my personal favourite is that the cat, he's kind of constructed cat nunchucks and has, uh, and he's managed to dispatch the Promethei uh, with, with his cat nunchucks. Um, but the, now looking at it, he's kind of hunched over the cat. His groin is in shade. It's kind of doggy fashion. Maybe there was, maybe he dispatched the, the, the um, imaginary Prometheus's uh, stroke free bases with some, you know, some kung fu. Came across the cat. They got on. One thing led to another. Um, you know, his his groin is in complete shade. He could just be a very well, well endowed gentleman. Um, that's one theory. The other theory is that he was protecting the fucking cat. He's he's kind of George of Mice and Men, the uh, love him and squeeze him kind of holding the cat. You know, they could the, the free bases could have been trying to. There's a section of the cat that seems to be nibbled away. Maybe the freebases were snacking on said cat, and um, Speedy took umbrage to this um, and and killed them for the love of the cat and was protecting the cat, or he snapped on it himself. Uh, I think at the end of the day, you know, um, <laughs> people have ragged on this comic enough, and uh, I won't continue any further. However... If you're in the comic shop and you come across um, Rise of Arsenal number three, um, the $3.99 could be spent on, on another comic. Um, if you want to you know, buy it, go for it. But I would just recommend flicking through at least to get to that page. Look at it. It's one of the most gloriously ridiculous pages I've ever seen. Um, free basing, um, uh, at, which then turns into drug-induced... Um, imaginary fight sequence, and then cat. <laughs> it's crazy. It's just fucking crazy. My, per- yeah, I-, I agree with you. Would we were tweeting? Um, it- it's not even funny enough to be a guilty pleasure. It's it's just it's just bizarre. Just flick through it. But I think there's more going on there. He either fucked the cat, he was snacking on the cat, or he loved it so much he crushed it, or uh, he was protecting the cat from the imaginary free pacing Promethei. Either way, wow, there there are no words. Anyway, I hope you're all well. (laughs) Bye-bye. We killed an hour. This is crazy. The first hour's gone. Gone with with the wind. Wow. All right, David. You want to tag team since my sound is all right? What are we tag team? If you go to our forum, forum forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com or triple w or w cubed 11 o'clock comics.com and look look for the thread called 11 o'clock comics episode 116 you will see that i have put um cover image for the book we're about to talk about i put i pulled a couple pages of sample art that you can uh, see from the interior i even put up the covers to the original comics that these reprinted tales were um taken yes, from and if you're really really good there's another link there that'll take you to a uh a little something something that will greatly enhance your experience of what what david and i are about to talk about it's mr monster's high octane horror number one yes. published by 
Eclipse Comics in 1986 for the paltry sum of a dollar seventy-five. Crazy <laughs> craziness. It's um, it's it's really Mr. Monster's super duper special number two, but the the cover reads High Octane Horror number one. It's uh, three vintage horror reprints. Yes. Famed uh, framed in a Mr. Monster story, written, drawn, and colored by the great Michael T. Gilbert, and lettered by who? David. Ken Bruzenak. Ken Bruzenak. If you're a, a shaken, if, if you're a shaken fan, you know Ken Bruzenak. But uh, so there's three vintage horror reprints in this book. The first one is Leo's Ghost, one of the Secret Files of Doctor Drew series, of which only 14 episodes were ever produced. It was reprinted from the Fiction House series Rangers. Uh, of freedom, but they dropped the of freedom after a while. Rangers Comics number fifty-six from December nineteen fifty. And if uh, go to our forum, look at the the uh, splash page I pulled from this. Who does that look like? Gorgeous. Whose art does that look like? I I kind of I mean part of me wants to say Wallywood. No, well a little, but the, isn't that Damn, you know, right? like is no. that is that image not dripping Will Eisner? Look at it. It oh, looks like yeah, yeah, it, it looks yeah. like Eisner drew the thing, and you I'm know why? At her. I'm looking at her face in the smaller panel, but you're right. Anaconda, you want to know why it looks like Will Eisner? Because why? the the entire creative mm-hmm. team at one time ghosted the spirit for Will Eisner. Oh, uh, okay. There, the, this this story was written by Marilyn Mercer, uh, penciled and inked by the great underdog creator Jerry Grandinetti. Mm-hmm. And it was lettered by Abe Kanigsgon. If you look at the lettering, it looks like Will Eisner lettered this damn it, thing. It really does. Yeah, because the entire the entire creative team ghosted for Will Eisner on the spirit prior to creating this Dr. Drew series. Um, Jerry Grandinetti went to the School of Visual Arts. Then he went to the Army. Then he went to the Pratt Institute. Right after that, he landed... He landed in the studio of Will Eisner and was hired as an assistant, ghost inking at first, the spirit. And then when Eisner began to tire of the whole brouhaha, he, Jerry Grandinetti, drew the spirit strip. And you, it's totally uncredited. You would never know. He drew you and inked. Bob Kane did draw those Batman stories? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, looking at this story, the it's Eisner influence is, like, glaringly evident. It looks like Will Eisner drew it. And the the storytelling is really sharp because one of the uh, characters, this uh, Sabina the Sorceress, she enters this room where Dr. Drew uh, is uh, residing, and she has a crystal ball. And she holds the crystal ball up, and she's telling her story. And then the next panel the 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 uh, holding line for the panel is the actual crystal ball. That's awesome. And then you see the events of her flashback play out within the crystal ball. It's really cool. There's and like that's a, where you see some some Eisner-esque. Yeah, the oh, Eisner's story Eisner's storytelling ability definitely leached off on the Grandinetti. And then later on, as the story progresses, there's a circle motif that's dragged through this whole thing. But uh, it's a really cool progression. Um, Dr. Drew realizes that the uh, foe that they're looking for is really a ghost, and he drops a smoke bomb, and it's a series of uh, vertically uh, vertical panels where he's climbing up a rope into this smoke cloud, and he's fighting the ghost, and the way they did it, Grandinetti did it, it's outstanding. It, again, very Eisner-esque, and you can see it if you're really, really careful and go to our forum, because there's something there that will allow you to see <clears throat> but they're all reprints anyway, so it's not like we're stealing them. 
You know what I'm saying? Uh, next up is a creepy, ultra creepy three-page Basil Wolverton story called The Man Who Never Smiled, reprinted from Weird Mysteries Number 4, published by Gilmore Publications in April 1953. That's old. It, it's only three pages long, but if if you're not if you've never been exposed to Wolverton, check this story out. It's crazy. Pretty much the the most atypical Basil Wolverton splash splash panel ever. It's just an old dude, and he's he's glaring right at the reader with this just menacing stare. He's he, he's a an old uh, miser who uh, let himself go to pot, lives in a cave, and he has been rumored to possess a vast fortune and one uh a ne'er-do-well wants it wants in on the fortune so he tries to get the jump on the old guy and it does not turn out the way he expects all in three pages this is classic storytelling am i right david it is i of all the i just some backstory with this particular issue and and me i lost this issue years ago during one of my moves i haven't had it in my possession in in years and of the three stories, aside from Gilbert's framing sequences, the Wolverton story is the one that's always stuck with me. Yeah. It's the, it's the one I vividly remember, it, 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 especially that splash panel, which is the, it, it really, he really is the man who never smiled. It, it's just. <laughs> the glare just cuts right into you, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah. And, and it's. It's such, I, a, I could, such a simple story, too. But the, the art is, is, I think, my favorite part of it just because of uh, and it's it's of the three it's the shortest story yeah by far and but it's it's the one that um like i said it, it it stuck with me but it's the one that really kind of i think it it gets to me more than the third story even though the third story does a lot more showing and oh, yeah. and is a lot more grotesque uh but the uh the colors and and i don't know how much even i mean because th this was in the 80s so i'm not sure how much recoloring may have gone on in reprinting the, these stories all of any. all of the all of the stories have been recolored by who? okay by uh well see i want to think think of the publisher eclipse comics who would have recolored these at that time i i want to say no it wouldn't be laverne who, who no steve olaf oh, okay yep recolored all of them painstakingly recolored because you could see i mean there's it they're full bleed yeah yeah that's very nicely done but the the third story uh is a uh, from a, another master an ec alum george evans yes Ooh. first yes first published in worlds of fear number three march 1952 by fawcett comics it's the uproariously titled metamorphosis of the Jiklooms. Jiklooms. Yeah. It's spelled G-K-M-L-O-O-O-O-M-S. Jiklooms. Uh, it's the very story. There's a little bit of history. This story is the art by which George Evans uh, secured a spot on Bill Gaines' leg legendary roster of creators. He got the job at EC by showing Gaines this story. This is, this is history right here. Right, it's a freaking story. Uh, ultra amazing draftsmanship. Just stunning realism, dead on detail. Uh, George Evans was a master of detail because uh, have you ever seen Aces High from the EC reprints? All the aviation themed art he did for that. Those planes are meticulously rendered. And, and anyone who knows their uh, 
plane design will be able to pick out, oh, yeah, that's a Piper Cub, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I don't know planes, but uh, I know detail, and this guy nailed the detail. Uh, beautifully choreographed and composed sequences. It's a crazy story. Uh, dude is a master escape artist a la Houdini, and he gets chained up and put underwater, but while he's underwater, he gets kidnapped by these Jiklums creatures that are really survivors from the Hiroshima bomb, and they've been all mutated and they're disgusting and they have eyes all over them like the eye creatures. It's a beautifully drawn story, David, right? It is a beautifully drawn story even if it is not a pretty story. No, it's not pretty. It's very grotesque, and but it's, it's, it's stunning. Uh, his women have that ideal beauty quality that women in the that that f- ideal of beauty from the 50s she's very betty page-ish and 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 the man looks like buster crab i mean he's got that chiseled jaw and physique yeah. and it, you would swear that this was done yeah well it fits in with the the time period if you like horror movies it has that classic uh-oh moment at the end that a lot of horror movies at the time had there's no happy ending here but it's awesome it's fantastic yeah and then you have Michael T. Gilbert's framing sequence that plays off the stories. The characters that are in these reprinted stories appear in the Michael T. Gilbert framing sequence. Very cool stuff. Very. Very cool. Uh, and back to George Evans. Uh, and I'm going to make Steve Bryant happy. George <laughs> Evans ghosted uh, Ontario and the Pirates. Ooh. Oh, and, uh, oh cool. and, and in 1980, he took over Secret Agent Corrigan from who? The recently and amazingly oh, talented yes. al williamson yep so george evans has been around the block and he is one of the legends you need to need to research george evans if you're not already familiar with him but i got this book for a quarter 25 cents what yes Fine. i pulled it <laughs> i i pulled this from a quarter box you get Damn, so, son. Where, where else but comic collecting can you pull solid gold out of a box for a quarter Three, for three real. stories. Yes, for a quarter, four, including the beautiful framing scene, and, and, and it was. And not only that, you get the history of these stories. Michael T. Gilbert is is uh, akin to an archive archivist for the the golden age horror stuff. I mean, he knows his shit, and it's all detailed in the letters pages. And there's a special page uh, examining George Evans, his life and times, the thing he worked, the things he worked on, his time at EC. It's nuts for twenty five cents. If you don't, if you feel the price of today's comics are too high, search for some quarter boxes. You'd be astounded what you find. I found David's copy of his. (laughs) When I I first picked this up, I there may have been a little bit of a um, because I really I didn't know what I was getting when I and I I picked it up in in a back issue bin too. I didn't buy it new off the shelf, but I think when I first got it, this was years ago when I was first exposed to to Gilbert's Mister Monster, and I was was, stunned. You were stunned. A little, a little put off by. It not being a full-on Mr. Monster story, I'm like, what the hell is this? It's like it's like three pages of of Gilbert and and these these older stories, which, while good, it wasn't what I and I and I said, I I mean, nowadays an anthology like this or reprinted material of of stories where, and and I'll all right, you go back to the Agents of Atlas hardcover. It's like you know you have the first appearance of like M11 and and Marvel Boy and and the more and like where 
outside of spending hundreds of dollars, you're going to be able to get to read these old stories. And and, and yeah, you got it for a quarter. But even if you paid a buck seventy five, and maybe back then, and back then, indie books like those put out by Eclipse and First and Dark Horse cost more than the comics put out by mm-hmm. Marvel and DC. These days, that's reversed. But yeah. you're going to get three old stories that are at least 20 to 30 years older than the book that you bought if it was new off the shelf. And, and I mean, for less than two bucks. And, and I mean, you're you're not only getting some pretty funky stories with, with, with these three reprints, but, but you're getting getting history you're getting it's a lot it's of just, history you can't, yeah. I, I i just i can't whether it's just been years of reading or eyes being open due to other things i i can't just look at something at, at face value i can't look at a comic book and just okay lines or words on a paper read it put it down never look at it again i i just i have to kind of this one's a key pour point. over it and and yeah. and even you know, even if it wasn't an anthology or, or a reprint like this high octane book, it it could be anything from from a few years ago, and I, I just I have to, which is why I like the single issues because when I go back and I and I look at my older books from the eighties or the nineties, and I look at some of those ads, like looking through the Age of Apocalypse books, and I see crossovers between Marvel and the Ultraverse, and it's like, wow, really? I I, I can't. I, I I'm just I'm I'm transported back to that, and I, I love looking at at older books, and and I don't yeah. want to turn this into a, a singles versus trades thing, but it. I, I it, it, go and, and look through the dollar bins, the quarter That's bins. That's right. David was talking history. In the letters pages, there's a letter from Bruce Hamilton, the uh, publisher of Another Rainbow, the guy that put together the awesome EC library, the black and white version of the EC library. And there's another letter from James Van Hise, one-time publisher of the Rockets Blast comic collector. A lot of history in these pages. And uh, Vito Vermicelli. Uh, Mr. Monster's faithful manservant makes an appearance, so you gotta love that. He looks, I love. Oh my! He looks like a little Chinese guy with these super thick glasses, but he goes pasta fazool. Great stuff. We've we've captured the microphone far too long. Let's hear from someone else. Yes, we did good. Yeah, Mr. Monster, love it. Sounds good, dudes. Oh, Jason's here. Yes, he is. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. I'm here. I'm chiming in, but you know, I I love listening to you guys be melodious. He was you love being... it when your friends dig comics. They're loving, right? No, no, no. no I... Something that I would be, I would dig. I just, um, <laughs> but I, I have not read it though. So, yeah, I think Marvel and DC should do more Golden and Silver Age reprints. I think we should get at least one book a month. Well, I from, think from both of the publishers that, that are with, just with uh, with Marvel Man, right? Yeah, but and you know what was really cool that Marvel seventy fifth anniversary celebration yes, that they had yes. the new story the old and, and the new yeah oh those were great I I bought them and love them all I'm gonna Chris bind Burnham. them they're they're just so good yeah you get Chris Burnham and you get Bill, um, Bill Everett how could you go wrong yeah. <laughs> I own a page from that yeah time. yeah so yeah we know uh, we're it's, it's a beautiful page too you it is bastard, a beautiful yeah. page it's a beautiful page. There you it's go. One of my, it's one of my fa- I'm looking at it right now. That <sighs> Stop touching uses yourself. a lot of blue pencil, man, and it's non-repro. It's a lot of blue line on that, yeah. but but gorgeous stuff. I, I can't imagine inking over that. I wouldn't even know where to start. That's it's a it's a hot mess. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a hot mess. Jason, what do you got for us? You've been reading, yo, 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 yo. Um, I have been reading this week uh, a lot of DC comics, actually. Wow. That's good. 
It's yeah. true. What? It's, it's good what? when our friends read things I, that I, they I, love. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. I want to uh, give a little shout out to. Um, no, no, I don't want to give a shout out to that. <laughs> Nor do I want to give a shout out to Wonder Woman 600. Nor do I want to give a shout out to Batman. Wonder Woman 600 was good. What the uh, fuck? It, Wonder Woman 600 was good in the sense that. It was it was it wasn't as bad as Batman or Superman 700. So it's sort of like it's sort yeah. of like playing the dating game, and they lift the curtain, and there's like Big Bertha is the first choice, and you passed on her, and then it's like uh, now precious. now don't don't It's like door number two, and you passed on her, and then the third one is like Re Perlman. And she's still Re Perlman, but you realize that you could have had Gabrielle Sadib, so you're like, ah, it's cool. That's, that's what Wonder Woman 600 was like. But no, that's not what I want to talk that's about. I want to give a shout out to an actually really excellent, um, an excellent first two issues of a series, and that's uh, DC Legacies. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I, uh, <clears throat> I had ordered this, but I hadn't. It was sort of way down on my my pile, no, for no particular reason. I just hadn't uh, gotten around to reading it. But it had gotten quite a bit of rave on our forums, and. So I was just uh, grab some stuff for this week's commute and grab those issues, the first two issues, uh, and I, I thought it was just terrific. Um, it's uh, it's basically a chronological look at the DC universe and the emergence of the heroes. So the first two issues kind of take us through the um, you know the emergence of the JSA and then how the JSA kind of leads to a lot more activity from um, other Golden Age heroes. Um, it, it's told through the lens of a, um, he's an old man now, but he's, he's, he's a former street tough that through seeing the heroism of the heroes decides to sort of make good with his life. And, um, uh, it, it's like I said, it's, it's terrific. I mean, I, I am not, as I've said many times before, I don't have the multi decades of DCU continuity embedded in me like I do with Marvel. So, um, I look okay, at but, it, but, it, but it's kind of it's it's fun to learn about it though, isn't it? That's what I'm saying. So right, yeah. so I, I look at this as in a much different light than I'm sure someone like Vince or David would, or even you, Chris. Uh, it, it, who, no, not and I, dude, I, not I, at I all. Look, not at all. Okay, I would look at the Marvel version of this, which I guess would be Marvels, uh, in a different light than I look at this. I think because again, that's kind of retreading on things, and it's 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 a different sense of appreciation i guess because it's it's more familiar territory um but no i thought this is terrific the, the artwork has been it's been by different artists with each issue um but it's fed really cool you know panelized a lot of like newspaper and headline homages that sort of um you know just kind of take you back to uh you know plastic man foils bank robber or uh you know our man saves the day um just very very nostalgic and, and a lot of fun so um len ween is writing it so i, I got to give him his props it's uh it's. I don't know how long the series is running. I don't know if you know Chris offhand. Um, but oh, uh, six issues. Six I think. issues. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The, the first two issues uh, definitely floated my boat. So um, I, I would definitely recommend it in trade if you're not reading it concurrently. I mean, it's not quote unquote in continuity. You don't need to be reading it as it comes out no. because it is really just, just a nice look. It's like Marvels. You're you're right. It's like Marvels. Yeah. yeah but very, very you know, much. Enjoy it. 
you know, I, I kind of get get labeled as as the DC guy uh, on the show. Sometimes it's it's because I I really enjoy DC right now. But boy, am am I just not a DC historian at all? It, it was it's really been in the last like three years that I've started reading DC. And you know, we we talk about you know what the the old hot move, the official handbook of the Marvel Universe, and kind of what that that nerdy. Um, uh, you know, kind of geeky love of of learning things and absorbing <laughs> stuff, and it's really been in the last like three four years that I've I've started getting into DC, and mm-hmm. it's just something that I, I I really enjoy right now. I mean, you want to talk, you know, the DC guy, you know, Pete, Pete Peter Rios and and Tom Caters. I mean, those are two guys that that will that will talk DC history with you all night right. long. Um, so it's series like like legacies. I mean that that gets me just as excited as you because I want to learn about these about these characters. I'm um, uh, uh, geeking out right now. I just uh, started going back and reading the old uh, uh, Suicide Squad, which is, oh yeah, I'd never read Suicide Squad before. It's good up until a certain point. That's yeah. fine. It's, it's yeah. good right now. So yeah. hey, you know, it's you know that isn't that all comics? They're good up until a certain point. <laughs> Not Spawn. Spawn's good first to last. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Speaking of, what happened to Guardians of the Galaxy? Hiatus for uh, the it's Thanos. Hiatus for right, Thanos. the Thanos yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's boy, uh, boy, it just lost me. Oh, you mean you weren't enjoying it? No, I you know absolutely. I mean, it's my my favorite Marvel title, and it's it, it's like it's like the the Marvel cosmic. I know there's the the Thanos thing, but I, right. I feel like I, I don't know. I lost interest, and that makes me really sad. Nova's on hiatus too. Yeah, they yeah. are. Yeah, they both are. Um, Chris, did you read uh, Action, the new latest Action Comics issue with Paul Cornell? No, I have not. Uh, even though the preview is in every issue of every DC comic um, uh-huh. out right now, it, it's 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 about two down on my uh, uh, Regina pile. Uh-huh. So I had stopped. Uh, I hadn't been reading it action since uh, you know you had sent me a bunch of those issues, and I had kept up with it for mm-hmm. a bit, and I had stopped again. Um, but I do like Paul Cornell, and was just curious what he was up to because I understood that Bat—it's uh, not Batman, Jesus—that Superman wasn't going to be in the series, but it was going to be away from Monel. So um, I did. Pick- it's, it's a uh, it's it's a Lex Luthor series. Yeah, it's going to be a year of Lex Luthor, and uh, oh, I have to say, geez. it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I, it was, uh, you know, Paul Cornell is just a very snappy. He's very snappy with his dialogue, you know, and and again, Marvel Marvel fans know that. Um, it it was very good. I you know I, again I don't have a huge history with Lex Luthor, so um, I, I can't say that I am the ultimate arbiter of whether or not quote unquote he he had his voice, but it worked for me. Um, and I love the, uh, the the Lois Lane doppelganger. I thought that was terrific. Uh, mm. very, what very number is that? Of, what are they up to now? I think. Uh, oh, what is it? I got it right there somewhere. Here, I'll look, Jason. You go ahead. Yeah. But um, but no, it was uh, it, you know it was very very cool. I mean, basically, it takes place. It's sort of a, f- uh, a follow-on to um, Blackest Night. Spoilers for those that haven't read Blackest Night, but Lex is part of the. Uh, he gets a, an orange ring during Blackest Night, and this is what happens after the fact. He's he's still consumed by the notion of possessing everything he possibly can, uh, and it's consuming him. And you get a nice glimpse into where Lex can be. Uh, vulnerable and, and how he reacts to to when people make him feel vulnerable, um, and he's basically spending all of LexCorp's time and resources on trying to track down any kind of ring, be it a Black Lantern ring or an orange ring or something. Um, and then he he feels like he he gets 
uh, a beat on one, and he puts back the classic Lex Luthor green and purple battle suit. Um, and, you know, Superman is nowhere to be found because JMS decided to take him on walkabout. Jesus. So, uh, yeah. make that what you will. Not happy so, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, no, it was, it was groovy. I think I'm going to stick with it at least for give give Paul the you know chance for the first arc. It was uh, it, I was not planning on reading it because I ha- I'm not typically an action reader, but uh, but that first issue has definitely roped me in. So I got to oh. tip tip the cap to DC. They're they're doing some pretty decent stuff that have got me uh back for more. So when you said Batman Jesus, I was going to say, wouldn't that be a cool character, Batman <laughs> Jesus? I that think uh, Orson's awesome. got him probably coming in uh, the Return of Bruce Wayne number five. The way he's <laughs> nice. Hey, but that uh, has been awesome. So just shut it. Isn't but the artwork has been a little inconsistent. Uh, I think. Isn't that eight ninety? Just for the show notes, yeah. I'd like to know. Um, isn't that Lex's modus operandi forever? Is that whole possession thing where i mean the whole yeah. rivalry between him and and superman that's born out of envy i mean lex that, wanted that, that that's why that's why, well, that's why he, he was came, picked to be an orange lantern right, right. Yeah. he just wanted all those the yeah. love and the accolades everybody dumped on superman he wanted them for himself yeah, that's all, why he hates them it's, it's all greed it's all out yeah. of greed yeah, I think envy. A little bit of greed too, but more more envy, right? Isn't that what the the uh, orange lanterns were? Envy? Uh avarice. Avarice. Yeah. Greed. Okay. If it's if it's. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Envy, greed. Yeah. Which was yeah, I I totally agree. Hey, um there there's something um that we have not talked about that I think has been demanded by uh by the forum. Um Awesome. We're going to talk Avengers? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> talk about a good comic. Uh, time's time's one, broken. It's broken. Uh, time is it's, broken. It's broken. It's, Jesus, it's, that was crazy. Go it. ahead. Uh, it's just <laughs> if uh, if everyone has gotten it and read it, have we uh, have we all gotten um, um, Seabird and Grizzly Shark yet? I got it today. Oh, it's on you my stack. No, right. but you know right, what? I want. I want. We we can put we can put off for. A no, week. no, no. Let we me can. just be one little bit superficial. I was thrilled when I opened the book and I saw it was in black and white. I was yes. thrilled. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, Jason, did you read it? Yet? Did you order it? I did. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, you guys talk about it because no, I no, want to. No, Chris I don't want. I want to be just spoil it I, between, because I'm between the two. Which uh-huh. was your favorite story? Um, Let's like pick them between children, but I, I got. I say uh, grizzly shark. Grizzly Shark. Grizzly Shark was Grizzly Shark, Gri- Grizzly Shark was big old belly laughs of funny. It really was. <laughs> Tell me yeah, why. I mean, uh, why was it it's funny? Just good fun, you know. Uh, I listen to those two guys talk, and uh, Chris, you and Ron interviewed him, or was it just you? Oh, it was you at Cito Cito's, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, back in back in April. They uh, they just Jason, had a blast doing it. Are are you in the shitter? No, what? you're <laughs> echoing. He listen to him. It sounds like he's in a. And he's always a, like, "No." He's in a public restroom. That is sounds cool. Uh, uh, no, yeah, I'm, I'm in a porta potty. No, I uh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Sorry. Well, Continue. Sorry. I'm sorry. And <laughs> and go. Just, no, you're good. Um, you're good. The 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 sea the sea bear one I I really enjoyed it. Uh, I mean the, this this comic it, it kind of reads like uh, did you you guys ever um, uh, watch that uh, the TV show in the uh, mid '80s called Monsters? Hell yeah. It so. this this read like um, like an episode of Monsters. Here it is. It, I'm I'm going to thumb through it while you're talking. It it it, it just kind of had that that offbeat kind of kooky monster humor, and it was. Uh, but um, yeah, de- definitely definitely the uh, um, the grizzly shark 
uh, was the what uh, was the the big old belly laugh one for me. It, it's a, it's a, almost kind of like the land shark jet. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it it, it kind of had that it kind of had that just like you know silly over the top uh, humor to it. But uh, Jason, you <laughs> is he still well, there? Yeah, yeah I'm here. Sorry, I was just trying to reset. See if I could. Does it sound better? Yes, it sounds much better. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I just thought it was terrific to see these guys also stretching their writing chops. But you know, I mean, <laughs> although I don't know if if to be fair that what we got in this comic really proves that they're. Yeah, I mean, this, writing, this, I mean. This, this is not Eisner award-winning writing here. I mean, right, this, right. It, it, it's basically, it's basically a, a gag comic, and it's it, it relies a lot on on visual storytelling, which obviously these these guys are are very good at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I will say that uh, I love. I wish we got more of this. You know, basically. In listening to your episode, you know, your interview at CWCs, these guys are just buddies. They were sitting around and just shooting the shit in the hotel room one night and were like, wouldn't it be hilarious if we did this? And they started riffing. Next thing you know, a year later, they we get this comic, this one shot, it's one and done. You mm-hmm. just read it and enjoy it and you're, you move on. It's just, uh, it's great stuff. I, I, I hope they do more and I hope maybe this inspires other people to do more because, you know, we've got yeah. stuff like this, like uh, Burnham's doing that, um, what's that one called that he's Officer, got coming Officer, out? Officer Down. Yeah, Officer Down. So, you know, I love, to, I love these kind of one shots. They're great, you know, easily consumed and, and just move on. Yeah, and bless you, image. Uh, and, and by the way, uh, I don't even know if we've mentioned it. it's it's uh, Jason Howard who is the the artist for Astounding Wolfman and Ryan Otley, the artist for uh, Invincible. Yep. That that wrote and, and drew this and uh, <laughs> this is and crazy. It, it's 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 funny the uh, you know I'm, I'm flipping through the uh, um, um, the the bear story and it's it it's actually it's it's a really um, fun and kooky sci-fi adventure and it's a revenge tale and it is a revenge tale yeah. yes it is and it's um i mean it's the, the 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 ideas the concepts i mean aside from they get mixed up uh just <laughs> the, mixed up. The, the the character as far as pete goes and and um and where pete comes from and and what he can do i mean that's out there um but it's kind of it's it's in a more serious vein than uh, than Grizzly Shark, and and yeah. the art the art sells it on on Grizzly Shark, but it's there there is something to laugh about on every page. I mean, as far as cauterizing wounds or uh, or a a jogger running with uh, or sprinting with PMS, and it's, and I love I love the boobs. The, the yeah. boobs just floating in the air. That's yeah. that's I mean, hysterical. And and the uh, and the rednecks that are going uh-huh. to hunt this thing down. It is it's it's fantastic. I'd love to see more um, grizzly shark. Definitely, I I would like to see a whole line of they got mixed up. And if, even if it's not from from Ryan and, and Jason, just you know have other artists and I'm um, just run with the idea. Just just period. It's, I just look at this. This man, what this fucking shark who's hiding in the bush is going, grr, grr. Yeah. It's not Jabberjaw. Oh. I, I wonder who lettered this. I think the lettering is great. I think they might have done it themselves. I really think yeah. like everything might have been Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did everything in the book other than the... Uh, the Grey Tones by... Uh, Cliff, Cliff Rathburn. Rathburn. Uh, yeah, Rathburn. exactly. Rathburn did the one, and then I think other than that, uh, just Kirkman wrote the prose intro, and, and then they did everything God, else. He was only yeah. 
committed to the yeah. front. Lettering line. really gives oh, it an air yeah. of immediacy. It, it's uh, it's nice. It's, yeah. If there if there is a Ryan Ollie page for for me to ever buy out there, it is this one of the shark jumping out of these bushes, going after the dad with his son, who, who many 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 pages earlier had been bitten in half, but is still alive. <laughs> and oh man, this is good stuff. <laughs> it was oh, it, oh it was, the rock the rock climber. Oh oh, oh I got yeah. oh, the whole dark, family dark, that, that whole family in, in one chunk. It's it's. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> it is fantastic. It really oh, is. It's fun. They got mixed up. <laughs> this is the over-the-top episode of Eleven O'clock Comics, it, it, I guess. This is crazy. That's all right, hey man. It's it, there's it's comics. There's no budget. You can go over I'm, the top. I'm glad that the, it wasn't printed in color because the they would have used a lot of red. A lot of they red. They definitely would have used a lot, a lot of red. Of I am. And it, aside, it's neat seeing it in black and white. And and aside from. And, and before anybody gets carried away, because the retail, it, it's four ninety nine. This was the first, oh. the inaugural winner of the eleven o'clock comic comic of the month. So, yeah, through DCBS, there was a discount. Um, aside it's from, it is chunky because I think each story was twenty four pages. You um, and aside from them. Aside from Ryan and Jason telling you what their day jobs are, as far as like Chris mentioned, what what they work on monthly, the uh, there are no ads in this book. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's cover to cover, straight up, just over the top. They got mixed up, fun, and yeah. and it's I, I recommend that. I, I think it's. Yeah. I mean, it's not for kids, but it's. Uh, I oh, I would have ate this shit up when I was twelve years. Oh, old. Oh yeah, and when you were twelve, big years old, yeah, old belly laugh. What, you, yeah, and that explains a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think this would appeal to pretty much everyone. It's just, it's freaking crazy, wacky, just grand guignol, blood splattered, just good times. It's, it, Pick it up. You I, could, I, I, I hope your comic shop is sold out of it, but if it's yeah. not, grab it, because this is, uh, um, I hadn't had this much fun with uh, with a standalone issue like this since, like, Amazing Screw-Off, Screw-On Head. Yeah, I mean, and I didn't, like I said... Thing. I didn't read it, but you can tell there's no malice intended in this thing. It's just, just a couple guys throwing down, having fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's great. But it's okay, because he's a robot. Ah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. What did you get in your box today, David? I know you said you, you, you yesterday uh, you got your box. I got Yeah, I got it yesterday. A um, couple of things. The uh, the second issue of uh, Dodge and Logic. Me too. Yep. And... The third issue of Spider-Man Fever, so I'll uh, hopefully have that finished for next week. Finally, I'll get to read Jonah Hex No Way Back. Yep, got that too. Uh, the Schizophrenic, number one. What's the, Who's that from? That's from Zip. I am stunned. This is from uh, Joshua Frankel. Oh. And artist Toby Cypress. And it was Killing actually... There was a thread start uh, the weeks ago, if not uh, a couple of months ago. I'll. Uh, I'll Probably wasn't started by me, that. as pointed out by David today. No, you never start threads. I start threads all the time. All the time. Oh, yeah, once just... in a while. Once in a while, you do. Uh, you know what? You know one of the things I got, and I can't wait to dive in. What? The Judge Dread complete case files. Oh, oh ooh, I got that. It's awesome. What a huge honking book. Yeah, wish I got it. Boy, that oh. Brian Boland is good. 
<laughs> you think? Uh-huh. And draw just a little bit. Yeah. Wow. But a little something, something. To, the other artists in this book, like uh, oh, Ian yeah. Gibson, um, the, my favorite is Carlos Esquera. He can hold his yeah. own against Boland any day. It's uh, it's like I don't know what that. But, uh, it's kind of like a, a Marvel Essential or a DC Showcase. It's really thick, printed on um, nice newsprint, black and white, and it's it was cheap too. It was like nineteen ninety nine for a, a Titan book. That's cheap. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's two thousand AD imprint. Which, I don't know if it's a Titan book, but it, it's no, it's yeah, a, it, two two thousand AD. It's um. Uh, what do they have? Oh, it's Rebellion. Year, year, year 2099 to 2100. Um, it's published by Rebellion, Riverside House, Anzi Mead, Oxford, mm-hmm. and then a bunch of gibberish after that. So yeah, it's 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 an over it's an import, but it's a cheap, nice, a nicely priced import. Can't wait. Yeah, yeah, and it's um, uh, I have not read a whole lot of Judge Dredd in my life. Wow. He is the law. I've never I don't know if you heard. <sighs> <laughs> well, don't start by watching the movie. Oh, please I, don't! No, 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 no! no. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> Avoid worry. Avoid the movie worry. like the plague. I've, yeah. I've, seen, I've, I've seen the movie, so oh, it's, I'm uh, sorry. Uh, but you know, know. but I believe me. I as a as a relatively educated comic book fan, I understand that there's a difference between the comics and the. Um, uh, the movies, um, but yeah, I, I read through. Um, I read through. <laughs> it's uh, as I needed. Um, <laughs> this this, this will kind of explain it. As I needed something um, a little bit more lighthearted to read while I was reading Crossed, I was reading some uh, some of the the case files. And uh, I mean, it's 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 very it's very British. Um, I've read a lot of the like the Doctor Who Weekly stuff, and you can tell that uh, a lot of the same folks that were working on on Dread were working on the the Doctor Who Weekly stuff. That's the truth. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Kind of the same same vein. It's a uh, um, kind of that that same nineteen um, seventies um, British sci fi sensibility to it, but fun. Very cool. Yeah, legendary actually. I mean that that oh, one sure. strip spawned a whole industry with the whole 2000 AD stuff, and uh, yeah, it's it's everything doesn't begin and end with 2000 AD like some people claim, but <laughs> it, it it is uh, one of those. No, it's one of those books that you really need to read. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it, it does have a place in in comic book history. A lot of legendary characters came out of there. Strong yeah. Dog, the ABC Warriors, Judge Dredd. Oh. Um, Rogue Trooper, it just there's uh, goes on and on. There, there are probably more more people than 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 a lot of folks realize. I, I was lucky enough. Um, I did a, a talk explode for um, for iFanboy a month or so back, and got to uh, to talk to Mike Perkins, who's just number one, just a, just a great guy and and a phenomenal artist. And he was talking about you know he he came up like a lot of British artists and started working at 2000 AD, and like his his like second job at 2000 AD was was doing a Judge Dredd strip and he's like I thought you were supposed to work up to this and they kind of like turn right into it and uh, and for you know British artists I mean you know working on Judge Dredd that's you know for you know I guess like our generation that would be like you know getting a getting a gig drawn on Kenny X-Men Mm-hmm. Well, Perkins has yeah. got the chops, though. So kudos to. Well, him. I mean, yeah, but this was, like, it. <laughs> this was like his second professional job, mm-hmm. which kind of freaked him out a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, he he obviously is, has shown that uh, that he uh, that he can make it. Mm-hmm. Hey, eleven o'clock comics. 
this is Taft Hartley in uh, St. Augustine, Florida. I uh, I have a message for my fellow voicemail uh, contributors. Just stop complaining. These people uh, they they do this show out of the kindness of their heart. They put it out there for free. What more do you want? All right, everybody, take care. I want to do a little addendum real quick to mm-hmm. to the uh, Mr. Monster's high octane horror, specifically Jerry Grandinetti. I, I tweeted uh, and got a lot of responses that uh, Jerry Grandinetti doesn't get enough love, and it's true uh, because once he uh, worked his way out of the shadow of, of Will Eisner, he got uh, a job at DC on the War Books, but it wasn't really until he landed at Warren where he switched gears and adopted this Harvey Kurtzman-esque, just wacky, wild, expressionistic style. And if you're keeping up on the Dark Horse eerie and creepy archives, you can see Jerry Grandinetti's style in those books. It's fantastic, and it's unlike anything else in the book. If you're familiar with Harvey Kurtzman, you know big, bold strokes, very uh, immediate drawing, almost gestural, just putting the figures down and getting it done, telling a great story. Jerry Grandinetti needs more love. You need to just research Grandinetti's work, and you'll see the guy was friggin' fantastic, and uh, you don't hear the name very often, and that's a crime because he was great. I mean, he could draw super realistic like Will Eisner, and then he can take it in a completely different direction and do this uh, groundbreaking just gestural horror style that worked as well as the realistic style. So Grandinetti, look it up. Great, great artist. Yay. That's cool. just what I just wanted to add that because I would feel remiss if I did I, not. I, I wanted to add Bannamon. Book yes! Three. Oh my God! I got that today in the. Oh, did you read it? Not yet. Not oh, yet. Does it not look amazing? Yes. It's. It's. You know what it reminds Wait, me of? Have you ever, Bannamon. By whom, David? I forgot the it guy's is name. The story and art by Boris Savick or Savage. S A V I C. Have you ever seen Hero One Hundred Eight? I but think it's, from it's March on. March two thousand seven. Yeah, this is it's not a, a, a new new book, but right. He's. I, I he's tied into the whole um, Glios figure mythology machine, and yeah, I guess he had this in the can for a while and decided to solicit it through Diamond for whatever reason, obviously to sell it. And I was totally unaware of it, and it so was cheap. Was two? It was two fifty, I think, the cover price, and with the discount, yes. it came to like a. A buck fifty or a buck seventy-five for the issue. I said, "What the hell?" I opened it up. Oh, it's stunning! It's so it different. Yeah, it, it's time. really neat. Yeah, it, but it looks like Hero One Hundred Eight. If you're anyone's familiar with that cartoon, it's it's done kind of in a in a copacetic style to that. It's it's this little uh, these little creatures, but it's printed in different color inks, right? Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of red in it and black. Red, oh. some black, some pinkish. But yeah, I don't want to so, talk so. about it without reading it. Because yeah, no, same here. We'll try to read it for I, next week. Because when I open uh, up stuff from DCBS, I flip through the books and just and uh, not the the back half of the books. I just like to look and see what's on the horizon for me. Yes. I picked up that Bannamon. I was stunned, stunned, David. Yeah. Well, the, the I, I and I and I, I thank you for posting it on the uh, on the forum, so I was aware of it. Yep. The Almost looks German expressionist. It very it, it it does have a European yeah. feel. Uh, the thing that I was kind of surprised because I forgot 
I would that that's another reason of um why I enjoy monthly shipping. It it kills me because after I open the box I'm like, oh crap, did I order the next one or two issues of, of this book since I forgot I ordered this, but uh <laughs> after at after you go a few weeks without receiving a shipment and then you open it up and you're like, Holy crap, there's you know, there's um the first uh because of the Poison Ivy story in it, the the first um, Joker's Asylum from from last mm-hmm. year, the trade came out for that. Ordered that for for Renee, so that was in the box. A couple of Archies were in there, but one thing that put a big smile on my face was Volume One of uh, the uh, Peter Porker the Spectacular Spider Ham Collection. <laughs> and these are issues again that I that I had, and and this is. Um, this is about the size, maybe a little smaller, uh, than the free comic book day offerings from Marvel. It's, mm-hmm. it's bigger than the Marvel Adventures Digests that, that they put out as, as the collections of Fantastic Four and Spider-Man. Um, it's like that Wolverine Wolverine hardcover. Oh, you're all crackly then. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Like that, that Wolverine hardcover, you're right. Um, but I had the, you know, I, I had these Marvel Tales issues. I remember Goose Rider. It, it was this is this is another walk down memory lane, and and oh yeah, Steve Mellon artwork and and the Armstrong and and Delbo art, and it's um a, fun, it's, a funny mean, jo- a funny joke that that hung around just just a tad too long, but when it was when it was good, it was great. Yeah, I agree. Hmm? I love my DCBS box. <laughs> I love, I love you. I love you, comic box. And there's, there, there was another issue that um, the second issue of a comic that I that I read the first issue of that I'm not going to say anything about tonight because um, I want to read the second issue to see if my opinion of it changes. Well, what's the issue? So uh, you don't have I, to say what your opinion is. Just what's no, the... I know, I zombie. Oh, okay. Ah, uh, you know that. Yeah, I, I've I've heard such differing opinions on that book. So, I mean, we'll we'll save it. Um, a, a very popular opinion I've heard is love the art, did not like the story. So, um, I I really liked the first issue. I cooled on the second issue a little bit, but looking forward to seeing where where things go. But uh, that's uh, uh, if you if you have a uh, a dissenting opinion, you're not the first. But uh, no, I and and I've I've seen it from from people on our forum and and from mm-hmm. people not on our forum and uh, or on Twitter and the like. So mm-hmm. um, it I I'm giving Roberson the the benefit of the doubt because I haven't read anything by him before. Uh, is uh, and Cinderella uh, yeah, to be able to right? And I, I remember the preview in uh, in one of the I think maybe in, in an issue of Madame Xanadu, and and um, those few pages had had, had piqued my interest, and uh, I like the the story uh, as as far as the art. I've definitely seen better from Allred, but there are a couple of the little nitpicky really from that that I want to kind of talk about, but I'll I'll wait until I read the second issue to see. Uh, if that continues, or if, if mm-hmm. wow, I, I, th- I thought I thought Allred's art in it was was fucking awesome. I, the, especially well, see, that, even, that, even, that, the first issue in particular. Even his not so great, yeah, right, yeah, are still going to be better than than than, than some people's best offerings. Mm-hmm. So it's sure, sure. It, when looking at Allred's catalog, this isn't the best I've seen from him. But that's not to say that oh my god, this is you know get this out of my face. I, I would never. <laughs> say that about his work. Right. I finally got around 
to reading uh, the first issue of Captain Swing and the Electrical Pirates of Sindri Island. I don't oh, okay, yeah, I, that's, yeah, I'm waiting for the trade on that. It looked cool, but I just I figured I didn't know if it would come out regularly, so I'd wait to get the TPB. Yeah, it's part history lesson for me, because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have no knowledge of England from this period. It, it, it takes place in London in 1830, and it goes into Sir Robert Peel and the Bobbies he inspired and, and the, the London Pol- Metropolitan Police. And it, it's almost a pre-electrical period in, uh, of history because it, they're just on the cusp of the Industrial Revolution. But not there right. yet. But not there yet. And someone shows up in a flying electrostatic rowboat. <laughs> it's yeah. so cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, uh, Paulo, is it Caceres or yeah, it's Paulo or Raulo Caceres. I this guy's artwork looks like woodcuts to me. It's stunning. Beautiful, it's beautiful. Yeah. And he yeah, did they, um, Doctor Sleepless. The uh-huh. oh, did he? Yeah, oh, okay, okay. Just okay. beautiful. Or yeah. is it? Did he do gravel? He either gravel or, or Doctor Sleepless. I think it was Doctor Sleepless. I think he. Sure. I think he did the wraparound covers for for Doctor Sleepless. I'm. I'm not okay. sure, but I mean, I buy them both. I buy gravel. I buy Doctor Sleepless. It's. I get things confused once in a while, uh, but this yeah, art. No. I know this. This artwork is stunning. Just yeah. stunning, and it's. It was, it, it was cool. Yeah. And really exhaustive. I mean, the the architecture is fully rendered. It looks like they researched the piss out of this from the 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 uh style of dress of the period it looks authentic to me and uh as you're reading it there are uh it's interspersed with little history pages uh like in between police yeah in the narrative it's cool yeah it's been it's been god it's been three months since i probably read that but uh and i did not know that the uh the bobbies were not armed I had no idea. I thought they oh, were yeah. just yeah. Reg- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. regular policemen. They still aren't. Really? Oh, no, really? Yeah, Bob- yeah. No, Bob- yeah, Bobby's in, in, in England. No, they, they, they have... You know, just Billy Clubs, clubs yeah. Bill- Billy Clubs, that's it. Mm-hmm. Vince, you said you've only read the first issue? Yeah, or- I, just okay. the first. Yeah, I think that's I got the only this- one I've read, too. I think I got the second one today. Uh, really clever. Very clever. It's yeah. uh, Obviously, there's a strong steampunk vibe to it, and right. it, it, it has a... A Tim Burton air to it too. Mm-hmm. It's really neat, and and it's I think it's one of Ellis's less sarcastic books, if that can be imagined. It's uh, <laughs> I mean, the, you know, there's the whole down with the the police vibe through it, but it's it's pretty neat. Uh, the the uh, who's the the organization that's uh, at odds with the the Bobbies that uh, the what are they called? The something street runners? The uh, Cyrano de Balzacs. <laughs> no, but there, there's uh, the Bow Street Runners. There, yes. There's uh, they're at odds with the the, the police, and uh, they are not entirely above board. There's a lot of uh, people in within the organization that are corrupt, and you get a lot of that in this issue. It's really neat. Dark, just, dark just as hell. Just to show you that Hickman doesn't have a market on the text pieces in the middle of a comic. Oh, snap. Uh, uh, yeah, but. <laughs> Oh, our opinion is most because I, I think I think whenever they're used well, I think that you can you can tell a lot more story and it can work. It can work very yes, well. If absolutely. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I think this is going to be uh, Ellis's anarchist um, book. He he likes to. There there seems to be themes running through. 
uh, Ellis's various series, like Gravel's the Magic series, and I mean, I I know I'm under downplaying it. There's more to it than that, but Doctor Sleepless is the uh, the technology series. This seems to be have a have a really strong anar- anarchy vibe. So, mm-hmm. oi, okay. read it. Yeah. What's the the um, another book coming out from uh, Avatar? I'm really looking forward to. And we've talked about it real briefly. There was a a zero issue that came out, but it's the uh, the Alan Moore uh, uh, what Neo Neonomicon. Neonomicon. Yes. That uh, uh, first issue on that should be out this week or next week. Um, yeah, I think yeah. tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Right? Is it, is it tomorrow? Yeah. I think it's on my shipping list for this coming order. So yeah. And I am uh, I'm I'm geeked out about uh, any new Alan Moore. The Zero Issue was great. Liked yeah. it a lot. And we talked about that here. But you know what I did? I had never read The the Courtyard. And it was really smart of them to solicit mm-hmm. that last month because I, I bought The Courtyard. And then there was a Courtyard, like, auxiliary thing that... Uh, yeah, it's uh, kind of a, a Courtyard companion. Yeah, right? I bought that too. Mm-hmm. i got to pull that off myself. I need to read Well, I'll that. be real curious to see. And I hope that you don't need to have read that stuff to enjoy the Neo Monicon because... Well, I. Well, the, what the courtyard's just a—it's a—it's a little novella, right? A little prestige, right? Deal. But I—I okay. I think the Neonomicon is a direct. There's a direct link between the two works. Yeah, it's yeah, a it's sequel, a, it, but it, it, I'm just hoping because I didn't read the original. Yeah. So. Well, I—I don't, I don't know if it's a sequel as much as it is. Um, it exists kind of like what I was saying about Crossed. Um, mm-hmm. um, it, it exists in the same universe. So well, I think the dude that was in prison. Uh, in custody in the first issue of Neonomicon, or the Zero issue, was the uh-huh. uh, antagonist in the courtyard, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. okay. I think, I think. But, I, I mean, I'll be able to, to speak to that once I've read it, when it comes. So, yeah. Right. Cool. A lot of not reading shit this episode. we got to get off this. I know, right? Well, <sighs> oh, real and, quick, Marvel shout out. Not, not, not too in-depth. Did, did any of you guys read uh, Young Allies? No, not yet. Chris did. I have did not yet. I have oh. not I've Ooh. not read it yet. You know, it's, it's funny when, it, when uh, and it's and it's from from um, Sean and yeah, uh, so, yeah, yeah, McKeever. It's funny because when I talked to McKeever about this at Cedos Edos, um, you know, I congratulated him on on the announcement in the upcoming book. He was kind of bummed because it was being solicited and released the same week as uh, yeah, as, uh, Avengers yeah, Academy, Avengers Academy. Yeah, and um, at the time I said, ah, dude, I mean, that doesn't matter, you know, but it probably mattered. Like I mean, just in terms of like sales and 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 pub for it, but it's actually a shame because you know McKeever is really really good at writing teenage dialogue. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's very good at that. And uh, this had the kind of witty repartee and natural flow that is evocative of you know Runaways when it was really great and um, you know Spidey when it's really good. Uh, and and I just enjoyed the hell out of it. I I, um, yeah. I thought it was terrific. In fact, I liked it. I enjoyed New Avengers Academy fine, but I like this tremendously more. Uh, wow! Well, okay. I, I, I tell you, what, and, and you just you just mentioned it. Boy, if there was a book, I'd like to see Sean write Runaways. Uh, well, this is basically sort of his take. It, you know, his his Runaways. You know what I mean? I mean that. Yeah. This is, yeah. But but boy, I mean, if they were looking for someone to 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 grab a hold of that franchise and mm-hmm. and own that book for a while, it, Sean would be would be a perfect perfect writer for Runaways. Well, dude, all that, I know is it's great having Gravity back. 
Gra- I mean, yep. he was he was. Oh, I know he was kind of around with the initiative, but Gravity is one of the main characters in the team. Firestar's the being set up to be the leader because she's older. She's you know grad student at, at uh, Empire State University, and she's um, setting up to be the mentor for the team. But the the villains in the first episode, in the first issue rather, the bastards of evil. Oh, really? Kids <laughs> of former of, of other villains, and they call themselves the Bastards of Evil. How badass is that? That is badass. It. Yeah, in yeah, face. Really great. Yeah, love it. So uh, I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, I, I not to put the old prognosticator cap on and get all negative, but I, I, I do suspect this this one might get lost in the shuffle, and I really hope I'm wrong because I, I, I really enjoyed enjoyed it quite a bit. I could really see this being a lot of fun for as long as McKeever gets to do it. So yeah, well, I have to. I'll have to dig through. I think it's right under Action Comics and my need to get caught up from the from the long weekend pile. Mm-hmm. I, I got something. What you got? I was really I geeking like out over this. Uh, oh, Dark yeah. Horse has, as you know, uh, a long and, and storied history with the Aliens and Predators franchises. When they, they when they hit, they hit big time. But they've strayed all over the map. There have been some good stories, some not so good stories. Aliens vs. Predator 3 World War is great. Okay. This is one of the really high points. I read uh, I think up to issue 5, no, f- up to issue 4, 1 to 4. And uh, I talked. I think I talked about the, f- the first issue a while back, so I won't get into the synopsis. It presses it pushes all the right buttons. If you're going to do an Aliens versus Predator series, there are certain requisite things you need to have in there. And uh, so it's written by Randy Stradley, of course. Pencils, Rick Leonardi, Say No More. Yay! Inks by Mark Pennington. Awesome. Oh, it's good. And the covers by Raymond Swanland are excellent. But anyway... You're writing an Aliens versus Predator series. What do you got to have in there? Okay, Aliens, great. Hunters, like the Predators, awesome. There's a captive alien queen used to seed the Predators' little hunts. There you go. There's a synthetic human, a la Bishop and Ash. Bingo. Cool. You got it. So, I mean, all of the, the, the button, the right buttons are pushed. The story is fantastic. It's all out kick-ass battle. From the first issue on, it's just this really neat mechanic where if, if you've read your, your Dark Horse Predator, there, there is a link that the humans have with the Predators, and that's through, um, Noguchi, the woman who, the, the only female, the only human who's ever been accepted into the, the hunter clans. And it turns out that there's a group of hunters that are taking out humans. And, and that's a big no-no. And they've somehow managed to domesticate the aliens. And, um, Rick Leonardi draws this panel where the hunters are coming out of their, their spaceship and they have aliens on leashes. I mean, how cool is that? <laughs> just, awesome. and, and it's like, like attack dogs. They have the aliens on leashes. I, I saw that. I just want to leash at New York Comic Con this year. You could do that. I'll be, I'll be hot. like friggin' what's his name in Wolverine Origins, which nice. I thought was ridiculous. That saber tooth loping around like a dog. <laughs> but, uh, no, Aliens versus Three World War is really good and Leonardi nails every issue. The, the, the action sequences are great and it, it, it looks effortless for him. It's, and it's all thick, chunky blacks. It looks like it was inked with a chisel tip. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, permanent marker, it, fantastic Kurtzman-esque uh, inking. It's great, and uh, it's three fifty per issue. So 
more expensive than we're used to paying, but it's worth it. If you like Aliens or Predator, this is a no-brainer. It's one of the really good ones. You going to go see the new Predators movie? Yeah, it looks pretty good. It, it really does. does. There's actually a lot of good actors now. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm really good. not yeah. sure if that means their careers are on the downslope or it or this movie is <laughs> actually going to be good. I don't yeah. know. I didn't like the last couple AVP movies. They're kind of lacking. Yeah, I mean, I think the last great terrible. I don't like to. They were fucking terrible. They weren't. They weren't less enjoyable than Aliens. Since then, stole two hours of my life. They could totally reboot the Aliens franchise. Totally reboot by having Sigourney Weaver in the uh, cryo and have some kind of malfunction where they can have her play herself at her age that she is now. Yep. Like, say, say the cryo thing malfunctioned and she aged but not as quickly because it was on again, off again, cryogenic freeze. Have Newt come back. Yep. Same the same way, have her like yep. a teen where you know, oh please, that Alien Three was a sacrilege. It was just a friggin' not only did they kill off who cares? Oh, is that the one with uh, with Winona with Winona? No, that's, no, that's, that's resurrection. resurrection. Oh, um, okay, yeah, yeah. And and Ron Perlman. Three, three, yeah. three was three the, is uh, with, uh, with the, Rock, the where they were in the prison and she Oh, the prison planet? Yeah. 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 yeah that but, was the dream. Not only are you going to kill off the whole Christ-like falling into the yeah. <laughs> stupid, but it's kind of like Schwarzenegger going down in the lava and doing the old thumbs up. Thumbs up, yeah, <laughs> f you. But yep. just to have Newt and Hicks die, that alone was bad. But do we have to hear the kids' ribs crack in the autopsy? Please, yeah. oh, horrible right, right. freaking movie. And I know there's people that like it, but ugh, not good. But yeah. Aliens versus Predator, Three World War. It's really hot. Wait for the trade. It's it's only um, that's like I a think... dark horse mainstay, man. Like oh yeah, they're, yep. they're you know you don't realize how many Predator and Aliens comics there have been. There have been a lot of Aliens and Predators. Oh, comics. They, I mean, how, how many of the how many of the the Omnibuy do that's they what have? I'm saying, I mean, there have yeah. been a lot of those comics and a lot of good ones oh. too. So I, I picked up a, a Dark Horse omnibus, the uh, the Star Wars, uh, um, uh, a long time ago. Yes. The, uh, oh yeah, yeah, cool. yeah great. It's, stuff. it's all it's all it's all the Marvel stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. what, I can't what, wait. Are we shaking? Man. Yes, I can't wait yeah. till they get to the giant rabbit creature guys. Remember the giant rabbits? Nah. That was that was great Star Wars. I don't care. Yeah. Simonson cool. had a hand in that shit towards the end hey, too. Hey Vince, did you see the uh, Carmine Infantino? Yeah, this week Carmine Infantino. There's a um, a microverse mini starting in Marvel? I know, but it's tied to, um, not Scar, uh, it's tied to Son of Hulk somehow. Yeah, but. And, and, and you I love haven't, it. I do, but I haven't been up on my Son of Hulk in a, in a long time. I have the issues, I haven't gotten around to read them. So I think I'm going to wait for the trade on the microverse yeah. miniseries. I'm going to definitely get the premiere hardcover because you know it'll be coming out. But uh, I, I'm, I love the idea of going back to the microverse. It's awesome. Yeah, and it's the yes. one. It's the characters that Marvel owns. It's Commander Ran, right? Yeah. Marionette and Marionette. Bug, right? There, there won't be any Acroyer. There won't Croyer, be any no Baron Carza. Carza. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah. So I mean, I would rather have the three than none at all. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Especially yeah. if she's wearing the same outfit. She's not. <laughs> she's not. No show. Hush. Yeah. Wasn't that Marvel's first um, no ads book, Micronauts? Oh, I don't know. Mm, yeah. I when they, oh, Speaking of, like, first with the X Men, remember X Men versus Micronauts? Hell yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Dice dice. Oh, it's good shit, man. 
Love that series. You know this. <laughs> you know it. Man. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, again, we're done. This episode. <laughs> Yeah, we talked about a lot of this different stuff. Flew by, flew. This enjoyable, hopefully, episode of Eleven O'clock Comics has been sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Check them out for huge, amazing discounts on your yeah on your favorite comics and collectibles. Uh, they carry a nice assortment of picture box and Steve Ditko books too. And uh, thank you, Zach, for tweeting that there's a new Ditko book on this month's order form. If you're into the Ditko stuff, there's new stuff on this order form. L- investigate. So, and it's supposed to be super secret. I can't wait to see it. So, thank you, uh, DCBService.com. In your travels, read the darkness because oh, it's yeah. good. Number yeah. five. Cool. Yeah. The uh, third third trade. Of uh, of Hester's run just came out. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. Dave, David will be pleased to know, and he probably already does, because uh, there's a two-part uh, story, and I think it's 81 and 82, that's uh, Hester and Parks. Ooh, really? Wow, what was that? You sound, you sound like that alien in the cup. <laughs> the Star Trek coffee cup alien. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a triple having an orgasm. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Yep. Uh, dig into some web comics, and a, and a great place to start is um, uh, eleven o'clock for my Michael Schwartz and his uh, series Oceanverse, which you can yep. find at Oceanverse dot com. Which uh, there is apparently a, a big uh, two part story coming out on uh, on Monday. So uh, so dig you into some Oceanverse. Do it. Uh, speaking of, I, I have a couple of. Uh Oceanverse issues from my DC Xbox yesterday. Uh, read Atlas. Mm-hmm. Read Atlas. Truer words were never spoken. You gotta read Atlas. Yeah, and uh, for me, read Young Allies, please, because I feel like this is the next in a sadly long list of books that leave oh, the until they inevitably get canceled. <laughs> yeah. uh, that sucks. And, and, and if you want to find out how how really awesome um, Sean is at writing uh, teenage dialogue. Uh, you should go find the definitive uh, The Waiting Place. Yeah. Correct. Oh, yeah. Because Norton's not, in there, too. And not Titans. Yeah, yeah, Norton. And, yeah, Norton. Norton. I bet you Norton. he hates that. He hates that. Norton. Norton. Ha- <laughs> Boom. All right. Thank you very much. We'll be back next week with more stuff. See ya. Say bye-bye. Bye-bye. The time stream is broken. What? It's broken. It's just broken. La, 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 lions in the jungle. Jungle's in a cage. Cha, cha, trouble. Trouble in a homeland. Trouble in a homeland. Makes from page. Zoo, zoo, loo. Come out to play.
so mad.